Yes, people can be interested in new ideas when those ideas are expressed clearly and effectively. Welcome to the Research and Destroy podcast. Here's what we do. Step one, we take a subject. Step two, research the shit out of that subject. And step three, destroy the subject as we discuss what we found with your hosts, John, Adam, and Justin. Hello, this is John. Good day, this is Adam. Top of the morning, this is Justin. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Hey, we, we had a whole I'm theme sorry. going there. <clears throat> All right. Well, you can fix this in post. Hello, I'm Justin. <laughs> yeah, I'll put uh, the accent filter on. <laughs> <laughs> Select just that section of the audio, press accent. Um, all right. So in today's episode, we're talking about great escapes. So I don't exactly know what all the guys are talking about today, but the idea was that, you know, famous prison breaks or Shawshank Redemption-y type things, I think Ooh, was kind of the, the premise. Like yeah, I do too. So I think that's the, that's the idea. Adam, what were you, uh, what were you, when we started talking about this, what did you think the kinds of stuff you were going to find? What did, what did you start looking for without revealing I, your source? Yeah, it's tough because I'll reveal it shortly because I think uh, probably going <clears> to <throat> go first. Um, but I, I wanted something kind of like, you just said where it was a big crazy famous escape when i was looking at them though there are a chunk of them obviously but it's i couldn't find once again the depth that i wanted the so breath i had depth. i yeah i so i yeah exactly so i had to try to pivot a little bit and go to uh go to something a little bit different but i you know i was hoping for like a really cool interesting story of like some one <clears throat> percent chance of working type of escape you know yeah oh yeah Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't always unsuccessful. So hopefully you guys were more successful than I. I think I've got something along those lines. John, how about you? What were you uh, looking for? Prison. Automatically. Prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be prison, man. I mean, all right. I John mean, just headed down to the local prison and just like, hey, you guys got any stories? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, not he yet. <laughs> he helped somebody escape. <laughs> just handed a guy a shovel through the bars and just leaves. I guess like the story in six hours. You guys are like, John, where's your story? I'm like, he's standing right here. This is my prisoner. the frame. You showed up at the thing with a uh, like a saw shaped cake with dynamite in it. <laughs> Wait, I mean, <laughs> dynamite shaped cake with saw, a saw. In it. <laughs> I like the back. Just to throw them off, they'd never suspect. They're like, well, you obviously wouldn't put a saw in a saw shaped cake. We don't need to check it. And then inside it's dynamite. Uh, awesome. Perfect. The saw cake redemption. Thank you. <laughs> the saw cake. God, that's awesome. Oof. That is. That is mm-hmm. All right. Just for that, Adam, you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> are you Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Then I will go. <laughs> now that we've recorded our opinions. I think we should investigate to find out whether or not our opinions are based on good reasons. So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I did not find the crazy Shawshank escape that I was hoping. But I did tangentialize to something else that I enjoy and caught my eye and ear when I was thinking about it. So, I was thinking, oh, escapes, great escapes, not doing the movies based on them. There's a lot of, obviously the originals are realistic and, and they're real and movies are made out of them, like the Great Escape or whatever it was and Escape from Alcatraz and things like that, right? So I chose something different. I chose the idea of escapology and the idea of uh, people escaping from restraints, including the number one person Whoa. that you guys may know. I see what he's Harry doing. Houdini. Oh, I yes. thought you were going to say Chris Angel. 
<laughs> Chris, Chris Angel. <laughs> or who's the other guy? Who's the guy that that like encases himself in ice and then escapes from? He's not just David Blaine. Talks like this. Oh, David Blaine. Yeah, yeah. David Blaine. Oh no, you're talking. Oh, John, you're talking about. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are talking about David. I was Blaine. doing David Blaine. Yeah, that's my best David Dude. Blaine impression. But yeah. That guy is that guy actually. Even though he's kind of weird, he is a phenomenal magician. Though yeah, yeah, he is. Was he a magician? Amateur magician. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming from me. (laughs) What kind of weight does that lend? A person. (laughs) 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 A regular person. (laughs) All right, so uh, So, cool. Who's getting that's actually. Yeah, so this is a, it's a little bit different. Obviously, it's not prison escape or something like that, too, which hopefully you guys will cover uh, to a degree. But this is escapology or the idea of escaping from restraints or other traps is what mm-hmm. escapology. So if you ever end up in a prison people. story, this might help us. This is yeah. This is the solution. Yeah. So escapologists are also classified as escape artists, which you probably the more common term. But yeah, they I've escape from escapology. escapologist <laughs> sounds way cooler. It's it's yeah. You escape from uh, from things like handcuffs, from straight jackets, cages, coffins, steel boxes, barrels, bags, burning buildings, possibly fish tanks, other and other perils. Oftentimes, combining multiple effects to make it. Well, I hope you talk about the that much harder. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is all a build up for me to talk about the prestige for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> or Kill Bill Two. Oh, such a great scene when she gets out of the coffin. Oh yeah, yeah, with the wiggle your little toe. That yeah, one. so good. That is a good movie. <laughs> what? That was is that true? Movie. Yeah. No. Whoa. What? I don't want to. So, escape. <laughs> okay. Weird. That's a okay. whole other episode there. We, Sorry, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have to <laughs> My God. I don't want to offend more people than John with that one. <laughs> it's just called an episode 13. Adam doesn't like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> uh, I'm so down with that. You know, you know it's going to be episode like 12 and a half. I'm not, he doesn't get a full episode for this. No, he does <laughs> not get a, no. All right. Let's, let's uh, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're shitting on no, no, no. You're, start. You're, so it's okay. So escapology, obviously, there's a bunch of different people that are famous over the years, but the most successful one uh, is the one that you all probably know, the Harry Houdini, right? Yeah. So he's the man. Uh, he was around from uh, 1874 through 1926. His original name was not Harry Houdini. He actually, uh, his original name was Eric Weiss. Uh, he was, <laughs> doesn't have the same ring. Not no. as cool. <laughs> not as <laughs> close. No. <laughs> He was from a Jewish family, family from Budapest, and uh, his his dad was a rabbi, and yada yada. They had he was one of seven different children. Kind of got lost in that massive amount of kids. What's up? Seven, seven different children. Seven different six, children. Six, six siblings, five different ones. It's a four of them were the same sibling. They just didn't know how to count. What's it called when two people are like stuck together? Siamese twins. Siamese, Siamese twins. twins. That's the yeah. greatest escape right there. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the uh like pe- that people were like the one they're like one of them has a, a boyfriend or girlfriend and the other one doesn't how the hell does that is work? it the two blonde girls no i don't know i'm just saying in general uh-huh. but yeah i know what the blonde girls you're talking about yeah yeah or wait one of them has a boyfriend the other one doesn't or like how do they i'm sorry to derail escaping no. your no, 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 this no, no, is no, great but what is the like like how, how do you live your aspirations like i think surviving a long time is kind of a rarity in yeah. that like medically yeah right? it is. Like, the um like one of them wants to go to college. Like <laughs> what if the other one doesn't get in? <laughs> right. Like what do you, you do? Uh, I mean, you have to cover your ears to, for, through every, every fucking class. Or what if they get in a different thing? Like the thing they want to learn is, is at a different college. Like they don't even offer it. Well, I, I think you just talk to the other one and be like, listen, like we got to do stuff that we both relatively can do. 
You're not going to just be like, I'm going to do my own thing. You do your own thing. Like it's everything has to be a joint decision, right? Like I have control of the leg. So we're going where I say, (laughs) I'm sure it's like really tough. How does that work? Yeah, that's true. I think only one of them has control of the legs. Like only one brain is actually doing that. But like sometimes one arm is controlling the, and one arm. So like, wait, 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 aren't they in a wheelchair? What? I don't don't know. I have no idea actually. I actually have only seen pictures. I've never read anything about. You're thinking of the, the the two blonde girls. Yeah, I don't know why those two girls come are coming to my mind. Well, it's yeah. just the one that's like it's a modern thing that you see. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. I have only recently seen the movie Stuck on You. Have you seen that movie <laughs> with the Farley Brothers? Is that with Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah. No, I've never seen. Don't they play baseball or something? Greg Kinnear. Uh, like. <laughs> Like, he like wants to be an actor or whatever too but like yeah it's i mean it's silly but it's it's a farley brothers movie so it's actually like a good hearted movie and it is pretty you saw nice. that in a theater i saw it in a theater With, yeah he's, that's what i'm asking no no, no i saw it i saw it on somebody brought it somewhere to a party or whatever were there no good quentin tarantino <laughs> movies to watch or what was the what was no the I, I couldn't find any actually <laughs> i looked through IMDb and i found zero you're all eight of the you're all eight of the hateful eight <laughs> he is and yeah. I, Surprised he even gets that reference. Yeah, yeah, I do. I know the movie. All, right. all right, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, okay, so Harry Houdini. <laughs> Harry Houdini. <laughs> He's one of seven different children. He's one of seven different children. Correct. <laughs> he uh, began. He began his Harry Houdini. Actually, one of the first things here too. He uh, he was a Freemason. Which is, uh, oh, interesting. Ooh, yeah. Tie back. Tie back to a previous episode. Secret societies. Secret societies. Yeah. So he he wanted to change his name. Obviously, later on when he started doing magic, he was doing sleight of hand to begin. He wasn't incredibly good at sleight of hand magic, so he his his friends and colleagues were like, "You should probably do something a little bit different." So eventually, he started picking up escaping from stuff, including handcuffs. He mm-hmm. actually used to be in a secret society called the Confined Masons, but then he escaped, and um... now he's free. You stupid jerk! <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh goodness! Like uh, more where that came. That's very true. So he. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> He, he originally his name he tried to make his name Harry Handcuff Houdini. <laughs> Little on the nose there, Eric. Hundred <laughs> percent. The original Triple H. Harry, get out of things, Houdini. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> Harry, I won't be in this straitjacket long, Houdini. Like for Christ's sake, man. <laughs> Harry Hidden Key Houdini. <laughs> Harry, 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 what's that behind your ear, Houdini? <laughs> Harry, the key is in my mouth, Houdini. Like, for yeah. Christ's sake, oh, man. He's good. He's real good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Wasn't he a medium for a while? Uh, no, he, uh, he, he was accused. Of, 100% not. Uh, no. for a while. Idiot, no. No. Zero percent <laughs> chance. He, there were there were people around that time that were considering themselves like spiritual magicians or something where they had like the aid of spirits. Uh, and no, maybe but he was one of the people that was like, I don't have any aid of any spirits. I do this all myself. Okay. All right. He's one of the few that was like pushing that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. He uh, <laughs> trying to keep it <laughs> yeah. Keep it down low with that sweet name. He uh began magic in eighteen ninety one, had a little success. He got better over time. He used he did magic with one of his brothers for a bit until he met his wife, who did magic with him, and they traveled together. Mm-hmm. And she was often the person that was her, his stage assistant, kind of with okay. all the some of the tricks that it facilitated. And she was often the one by the side of it of tanks and things like that too to break him out or whatever in the case that went wrong. Which is actually pretty interesting. My my uh, side sidebar real quick. My mom used to be a a, 
a magician's assistant for a couple for for a while. You got to be kidding me! No, really? for real. She like got signed. You're in the yeah. in the United States. Yeah, I don't know exactly what who the magician was or like the whatever or where it was, but she told us when we were kids, and we we're like, oh, whoever it is, it's my real father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why you real have good, no legs. Yeah, good magician. <laughs> Magician disappeared. Yeah, he's he yet to reappear, though. That's the problem. So that's why your middle name is Handcuff. <laughs> so in the beginning, he just did a bunch of other tricks, but they didn't really get him much fame. He eventually like just focused on handcuffs and wanted to do escapes through handcuffs, and then he broadened that out to war stuff, which is probably why he ended up dropping Handcuff as the name. So he uh, first demonstration, he tried to break. He got out of handcuffs at the Scotland Yard from like legitimate handcuffs uh, in prison there. And yeah. the people were so like crazy over it, and the police were so crazy over it that he started like getting a salary for his. Uh, had an immediate show for the next six months, and like had a place to, to perform for the next six months, and then made a name for himself there. He uh, toured England, Scotland, Netherlands, Germany, France, Russia, so kind of all over the place in Europe. And he basically would go around to the police and be like, "Hey, handcuff me with whatever you uh-huh. got." <laughs> and- Harry, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he would he would have them put him in their jail in their jails too, and he would escape from the jails and the handcuffs. And uh, he is says, one not enough. It's a weird detail here, but it says in many of these challenges escapes, he was first stripped nude and searched, and then they put him in the cell. <laughs> well, I guess that's to prove he doesn't have he doesn't have a key. Uh, or the police were perverts. <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of it too. Yeah. So he he also escaped in Moscow. He escaped from uh, another throwback to uh, in a train to Siberia. He escaped in one of their prison trains to get out. And he said that uh, if he wasn't able to free himself from it, he would just have to go to Siberia. That was just it. Good Lord. He, was able to get- he got out. Yeah, he got out. He was just a straight up like awesome guy all around, even beyond the whole like escaping shit. Yeah. yeah was he an awesome guy? <laughs> he's, he's, supposedly he's a pretty cool guy. And he... Uh, he also was one of the first people to kind of bring magicians together into like these, whatever they call it uh, down here, SAM. It's like the Society of Magic or whatever to like across the globe. So he like made like a magician community and like pro- pro- try to propel it as a like a big act. Because back in the day, it was just vaudeville stuff where this like run around like, you know, it's just like juggling and doing hula hoops yeah. or whatever the shit, right? And these people have Guy's like, got a oh. striped shirt on, it's red and white stripes, he's got the hat on, he's playing the piano all fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. yeah. Here, comes, here comes Hand. When, so when was his um, reign? <laughs> or his reign was the late 1800s he, like, through the okay. early 1900s. Okay, so vaudeville, like, it was there. Yeah, turn of the century. Yeah, I, I mean, just, vaudeville I was, started I was earlier, but in France. Right, right. But, but the idea of like that kind of traveling troupe and stuff like that too uh, was a bigger thing, especially in Europe. He eventually came to the United States some years later, which I'll get to. He was a gypsy, kind of. Mm. I mean, okay, not necessarily not, not like by the same standards, but kind of. He traveled a lot and did. I mean, that's what you have to do, right? Especially he was, travel, he was a traveling magician, gypsy. like a traveling show. Yeah. yeah, I do believe that myself and Hank Handcuff Houdini share the same birthday, Adam. Hank, his birthday. You want his birthday, Hank? Yeah, I called him. His birthday is March twenty fourth. Oh fuck! So close. What day did he die on? (laughs) Uh, He died on October thirty first, nineteen twenty six, on Halloween. Halloween. Damn it! What his middle name? What? Oh, never mind. (laughs) He died on Halloween from one of those little Japanese finger traps or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) the simplest. Yeah, just couldn't get out. 
Don't try so hard. That's the. <laughs> it went by Sorry, Harry, October twenty eighth, Houdini. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's why you know it. <laughs> yeah. So he died on Halloween. Yeah, he died on Halloween. Spooky, right? Yeah. Kind of what? spooky. Wait, why? Oh, well, get, I'll get to that. Okay, all right, all right. Sorry. So you can't escape so it, cancer. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, not that. Not that. Not that. <laughs> so he traveled around Europe for a bit, and then he eventually went to the United States from 1907 through the 1910s, where he had a lot of success. He freed himself from a bunch of stuff, including jails, handcuffs, chains, ropes, straitjackets, often while yes. hanging from a rope inside of street audiences. You guys have probably seen, but he liked to do it publicly, like. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was more... stuff. I'm ashamed to say I don't know enough about Harry Houdini. <laughs> well, that's the point of this yeah. episode. Then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out he's dead. So that's probably why. Yeah, late. Yeah. yeah, I think he yeah. died on your birthday, John. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, never mind. <clears throat> so how? Okay, so how did he? So he would do that. Was he making money? Like, was there like somebody at the bottom like taking tips or something? Like, to get what into was the, the point shows, of doing all this to get into the shows, okay. you had to pay for a ticket, right? Okay, That's pretty much mostly how that worked. And he had such a following after coming out of Europe to the United States that he had a good amount of people to to back him. And people, had, you know, there, there was talk about it, like, oh, this European traveling guy gets out of all the handcuffs, Harry handcuff Houdini or whatever. Go <laughs> go see him, you know. Extra, extra, read all about it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. He he expanded the act a bit more where he went to the public and he said to the public, hey, you guys make stuff for me and I'll get out of it. So I don't make it myself. So people would created like nailed packing crates that they would lower into the water that he would escape from. They had riveted boilers and like, uh, wait, uh, yeah. with Riveted boilers? Like they would do all this stuff. They wet sheets, they would put over it. He would escape from like big mail bags. They, he even like was asked to like get out of, a, of the belly of a whale that washed ashore in Boston. <laughs> Come on. Oh There's no evidence of his doing that, though. But, oh, okay. Yeah. I could just see somebody being like, hey, you want to get out of that whale? And he's just like, <laughs> he's like why did I open this to the fucking public? And then he's like, that's why they call me Harry, get out of the belly of a whale Houdini. <laughs> I feel I feel like with a dead whale, you just like punch hard enough, and like you can get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can like, just like through the ribs. Yeah, they're all soggy and shit. You know? I don't. That's not how ribs work. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the whale? Do whales have actually bones? Do have bones? I'm question. Never mind. Yeah, that was it. Of yeah. course they do. Sharks don't have bones. Uh, right. It's like cartilage. Like cartilage. Yeah, they're just one big ear. <laughs> Welcome to the shark cast. <laughs> <laughs> Marine life. So he wrote a bunch of articles and things like that too, where he kind of even dismantled some previous magicians that he liked, but he they were doing, uh, they were faking their tricks and things like that too. So he was also he like exposed them. He, yeah, he also exposed people for not doing sure. proper magic and not doing doing tricks themselves or inventing intelligent things. And uh, so there's a lot of that going around back then, where people were claiming that like I invented this, I did this, I could do this, and like he was just like, no, you can't show me, no, you can't show me. So he was like the best magician yes. of the time he was the best okay. there was a bunch of other that were that were also good but he was definitely the best showman and uh the most renowned magician of his time and these acts kind of just like took kind of the united states by storm when he was you think uh, magicians then because like magicians now are not really respected i mean maybe they are like successful ones are because they're rich mm-hmm. right chris angel and but they're not even they're not respected because it's very they're gimmicky their their um personas are gimmicky but like back then were they like oh you're a magician uh, like a fine artist like a ballet dancer or oh, somebody I like saying. yeah you think they don't have the same cloud that they used to right i mm-hmm. wonder i think i would say magic is not as cool as it used to be <laughs> i mean 
Yeah, I think that's probably that's... true. But I mean, he's he's a magician, right? But he's also like an escape artist, right? Which is a kind of a little bit of a different thing. Like not entirely, but it's like a stuntman, kind of. Like you know, he's like the type of person who can like get out of stuff by manipulating his body, which is like a skill in itself. But then again, sleight of I think sleight of hand is like really awesome to watch, and people can do it really well too. I just don't like cool. I don't like watching just like the big tricks where there's like an elephant and then you just like a big thing there and then they move the camera and there's no elephant and you're like, I, I feel like I just got like super swindled. <laughs> Right. Did you watch when uh, who's the guy that made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Yes. yes, Copperfield. Copperfield. And like, I guess the idea is they did it with a mirror or something, right? No, they did it with they they shift the stage really slowly to the side during the sheet up, and they have a pillar there that's like holding up on the sides of it too. That just perfectly with the camera angle blocks out the image. Uh, the, wasn't the, the so the people there could still see it? No, because like, that's, there... that's how that's how they they could not see it. Because of the way that, that it slowly shifted, and there was that pillar thing that blocked it from not only the camera but from the audience. Like it was like perfect. Really? It was perfect angle manipulation with the distance from where they were, and the whole stage slowly turned. They couldn't feel it. So that same, um, like there used to be specials where he was on TV, and they would like have you like pick a number, think of a number. Yeah. And then they would like do a thing where they would do all the like math, like okay, now add seven to it, do yeah. this, and then it would be the number you picked, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It's true. Or they would have you like pick a card, like they'd show four cards on the screen. You pick one, and it would like do a trick that you would it would always guess the one you guessed. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of those tricks are where they they they're using like human psychology type of a thing to like uh, to to get like it's not like obviously magic is fake, but um, <laughs> but uh, <What>? no, <laughs> but uh, those those ones are math though. Those ones are math focused. So, like the math, math ones are. You could put in anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you knew, but uh, <laughs> you had a long day today, huh, buddy? <laughs> Wait a second. It doesn't matter like what number you put in there. It's always going to come up with the same result based on what they make you do. It's the same thing with a color thing. It's like it's a hundred percent chance that's going to happen. It's not like it's random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But does this fall into the same wheelhouse as those people who uh, they're like they get the crowd and like uh, I'm sensing a, uh, a, a a G name over here uh, in this section. Else. That's like social engineering. Is it? It's a little, it's a little bit yeah, social yeah. engineering. Yeah. They're doing a thing where they're like, I'm sensing, and then the people essentially give the guy the answer. But aren't they the kind of like talking about, Well, they're, kind of. They're I mean, mentalists. performers. They're like, mentalists. It's, 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 I think mentalists is the same. Yeah. yeah. I saw, I saw uh, within the past year, I think it was here in Chicago, there's there's a handful of actually like really good, like there's a place called the, the Magic Parlor in this like nice hotel downtown. And this one dude runs it there and the tickets are nice. expensive <laughs> and you go and he only has like 20, 25 people in the show and you just sit like in chairs mm-hmm. around this small room and it's just him. I've, and, I've seen that. Yeah. And he, he gets to know all your names. Everyone gets participates in the show in one way or the other. And he, uh, like you get <clears throat> to the tricks or whatever. But all of his stuff is just like amazingly done. Like he's been doing it. His 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 parents did it. His grandparents did it. I believe his dad, his grandfather. So he's like in a like line of like amazing magicians, and he is just like an awesome performer. It's just like an amazing thing, and he's up close. Like he'll just walk to your table type of thing. And I love I love stuff like that. But yeah, I just don't like being yeah, by like big like the, there's no. It's just like the whole idea is one gimmick. And there's no technique, there's no sleight of hand, there's no skill involved. I, that's that type of magic just like kind of irks me, just kind of cheesy. Right. I want it to be like down to earth enough that I'm like, I could probably do this trick, but I don't understand the trick. Yeah. Right. Like I want, like my brother for a while was like practicing card tricks and stuff, mm-hmm. and he would like do these sleight of hand tricks, and then you know we do all this crazy stuff, and he was performing it or whatever, and then he would like do the thing and show you the 
the card and you're like, how did you like that's I know I know it's just a there's a pattern to it or whatever. There's a process to it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I respect that where I mean, I guess I don't know. Right. And when then, you're making the Statue of Liberty disappear or cutting a person in half, that doesn't seem that although maybe it's just because I've been exposed to how cutting a woman in half works. Yeah. Did you know. actually cut a woman in half or what's what's your uh, what's your deal? Well, yeah, I sewed them back together and now she wins. This is girls. <laughs> That's yeah. how you they need a magician bad. <laughs> that magician that Adam was just talking about, his name is Harry Hambrosia Houdini the fourth. <laughs> the fourth. A long yeah. line of Hambrosias. It's obvious. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh my God, I need a long line of ambrosias. <laughs> puts himself in a large ham and eats his way out. <laughs> this isn't even a skill. <laughs> Fattest magician you ever saw. Great, greatest escape, though, I gotta say. Yeah, it's true. Can't escape from that. Yeah, there's a, there's another place here, too, that's like the magic shop or whatever, too, up north, which is like a night. Nice, once again, they like in Chicago, there's a couple, and I think New York, too, there's some nice magic parlors with like legit. It's called the magic shop. I forget what it's called. It's called something like that. It's oh, something. Okay. I don't remember what it's called. No, it's okay. it's it's something else. But uh, it's like a really nice, fancy, old school kind of like Roaring Twenties style like place. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got like, a bad aesthetic. Yeah, where at the bars they have like side of hand magicians that go around and they have shows. Whatever. Cool. I think it's regaining some respect, and especially depending on the cities. So you live in like a big city, so like there's things like that. You live in Chicago, so it's like yeah. there's things that we don't have stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have like open mic night where somebody comes and plays like an acoustic guitar player. <laughs> Oh, look, he's, he's covering Tom Petty. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, it's true. So anyway, so back to the escape stuff. So he, a bunch of, a couple of the tricks that he used to do. So he explained some of his tricks later on, but not all of them. He, um, sometimes he, he had, he, he had concealed keys for certain things, uh, but not as often as you would think. He also had uh, would get out of straitjackets and things like that by like wriggling and getting his body to contort in ways that he could actually get looseness. Same thing with handcuffs. Sometimes even with the handcuffs or whatever he was wearing, he would he would have be able to kind of rip, yeah, like kind of shrink your body down a little bit. But also, I think one of the things in here too, he would move his like shoulders and his chest, and sometimes he would be able to get to the point where he could like rip like clothing off of his body to give him that little bit more room in order to be able to wiggle free of stuff. I don't know if he ever came out like naked and shit, but like he would like do yeah, all it's the, the little... sexiest, uh... <laughs> sexiest escape ever. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing the wriggle and he's ripping clothes off his body. He had tassels <laughs> on the entire time. It was a real hoot. <laughs> a real hoot. Yeah, that's how the newspapers back then probably described it. Actually, come see Houdini. He's a real hoot. He's a real hoot. Yeah, <laughs> he, he... masterful magician. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. That was not, I don't know where that joke was going. <laughs> Sorry for starting it. No, it's, it's cool. cool. So he would hang from rooftops and stuff like that too, in straight jackets to get out of them in full view. Uh, so he he did a bunch of like random stuff. So just a few of the things that he used to do. He did he did one where he was handcuffed by this this guy made handcuffs for like five years. This guy made a specific handcuffs for Harry Houdini to try to get out of. Uh, it's it's hard to tell. Oh, and he that. kept getting out of them. No, he tried it. He made them for five years. And then he, after he was done with them after five years, he gave them to Harry Houdini and said, get out of these. Wait, he made one pair of handcuffs? One pair of handcuffs. Five, okay, yeah. The key, to the, hand, the key to the handcuffs yeah. was six inches long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's a, he's, <laughs> somebody's got a complex. <laughs> yeah. That man killed himself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so what... He, yeah. he apparently got out of it under a question, circumstances that people aren't really sure how he did it, but he got out of it like at a little over an hour and 10 minutes in. He, oh, shit. Uh, he emerged free. Hmm. 
he uh the crowd like would picked him up and stuff and he broke down and like wept on their shoulders and stuff and he said it was Harry the most Houdini difficult it? escape of his career what a showman can you imagine spending five years of your life creating like the perfect pair of handcuffs and some dude in like an hour and 10 minutes is like done <laughs> some dude in tassels just whips his nips at you and just walks away in the crowd <laughs> don't say whips his nips <laughs> That guy is like, I fucking divorced my wife. My kids hate me. <laughs> yes. The, the handcuff guy's life is in shambles. And then Houdini, Houdini's getting picked up by the crowd. And then Houdini's like, oh, I have one more thing. I I, I, I married your wife. And like, what? What the hell? <laughs> and that kid is now my kid. <laughs> what? Magic. Yeah. This is the greatest <clears throat> escape. She's escaped from me. now with me. Come on, lady. Aww. Just lifts her up. So anyway, so he... uh. He did another thing called a milk can escape where he had this big milk, this enlarged milk can. I don't know what a milk can is. It's what milk came in back then, I think. I thought it was like uh, a milk, yeah. like a jar, like a glass. I don't want to spoil this for you, but it's a can with milk in I mean, it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. But I thought it was like those glass little like six packs you get at your doorstep. In like crafts. the 50s. Maybe that was the 50s. I don't know. What did they do with like 1900s? They gave you milk in cans? Ironically enough, Justin, you can't spoil it because it's in a can. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoilage alert. No, no sense no sense crying. So he uh Over. He, he used to get out of he used to get out of that, I guess, in some wood chest variant. One of his most famous things, remember, is the Chinese water torture cell where he gets his feet clamped into this thing and gets un, uh, upside down and gets lowered into a big like a tank. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And then they kind of they would lock that seen down. A milk can before, by the way. I just Googled it. You've seen a milk can before. Have I? It's like a big it's like a can that goes up and then it like tapers a little bit and goes up again and has handles on the side. Yeah. Okay, so it's just the metal version of the milk jugs or, or like the milk kind craft. Of. Like bottles. Yeah. It's like a craft because it's not closed, right? It it looks like an urn kind of. Right. I don't know. Good enough for me. Yeah. The milk <laughs> the milk urn trick was a bit much better name. <laughs> the old milk urn trick. Yo, milk urn. So he had that trick. That was his his trick. The the Chinese water torture cell is the name mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was he fully submerged? Like he just got dunked into a tank? Is that fully the idea? submerged? He was also oh, okay. frequently uh, chained up or was in a straitjacket or whatever inside mm-hmm. of it. So he was one of the ones too that because in the beginning when people did escape stuff, he uh, they would they would have kind of put a big sheet in front of it and then they would like ah two minutes later he would pop out and he'd be wet and you're like hey hooray. but he was one of them mm-hmm. who was like listen. <laughs> oh. not again Uh, nipple tassels wet pants gross (laughs) he was one of the ones that was like with his with his wife whatever was like listen we're gonna put take this these things down people want to see you escape so he was like made that popular like the actual showing of the escapes yeah yeah oh yeah yeah just yeah because otherwise it it sounds like well he wasn't really that tied up it sounds like someone just let him out right yes right because the if you can't see it, then who's to say? That's like the going. kind of the same thing when they did like uh, David Copperfield stuff and televised it. It felt like, well, they're just cutting away when he does the trick. Yep. Yeah, right? like it's the magic of television. Yeah. Yep. Right. A different. Yeah. So he did that. He did. Uh, he was suspended by like a big crane in New York City, where he was upside down with a straitjacket and escaped and got out of that. He uh, he did an overboard box escape where he would get. He did this thing. He would get like in these boxes and then thrown into water, and Jesus then he'd try to get out before he would like die and drown. And they would like yeah. they would like weight these things down with like ropes and lead to the, right. so it would sink. Ugh. It sounds fucking so terrible. To me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. Horrifying. it sounds. You're impossible. triggering John's fake uh, claustrophobia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's not fake because I actually feel it, Justin. It's a feeling. <laughs> remember? Yeah, oh, I re- oh, I remember. <laughs> You would claw three to yeah. that in no time. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he he also 
would get, would bury himself alive, which is one of his big things too for the shows. He would bury himself into uh into like, caskets and then put himself underground where they would seal the casket. And he claims, and the way that he did it was that he would just have good breath control in order to get out of it too. There were times where he was under there for like for over an hour, like hour and a half. He could breathe in a casket. Like that's how much air how he could utilize utilize the little amount of air that was in there to get out, which is like insane. Um, and on top of that, like in that specific burial light stunt, one time. He did, a, he did a couple different variations of it. One of them was in California, in Santa Ana, and he almost died. He was buried with without a casket in a just in a pit of earth six feet deep. He just put six <laughs> feet on him afterwards. Yeah, uh, that's he, stupid. He he he, he was. <laughs> it's insane. I, I don't know why you would do that. He he credit he climbed out eventually and he clawed out, but he was so tired by the time he broke through the surface that he passed out as he broke through the surface. And people, the assistants had to drag him out because he was gonna he was gonna die. Yeah, the, the, head was this is almost this is almost not magic anymore. It's just like uh, no, well, he, yeah. well, he dug out. <laughs> I, he, I don't yeah, think, like I don't think he after doing card magic, I think he considered himself like an escape artist, not a magician. Like technically, mm, okay. like, you know what I mean. So I, I think that's how he separated it <clears> like on like, his business cards. Yeah, on his business <laughs> cards, Harry handcuffed Houdini. Don't you dare call me a fucking magician. <laughs> like on the door of his detective, <laughs> it said escape. <laughs> Escapeologist. <laughs> I don't like that. One of, the, like one of the last things like he, was, he was destined to do before he died for his next year was he wanted to escape from being in a straitjacket, sealed in a casket, and then buried in a large tank that was then filled with sand. And that was his one of his next things for 1927, but he passed away in, in October 20, 31st, 1926. Did he die doing one of these like stunts? So I'll get to that in just one second. Okay, so, all right. Okay. The the bronze casket in That's that bingo. in that stunt the bronze casket he was going to use for that is what they buried him actually with like in he was in that casket. <laughs> what if he escaped? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding! I was never dead. Harry, you I escaped. Can't kill you. me, Houdini. Your wife and kids are in tears. <laughs> <laughs> that other guy's wife and kids are in tears. <laughs> well, for lots of reasons, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. He uh, was in a bunch of movies as well, blah, blah, blah. He was famous, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so, right. There's yeah. footage of him. He just wasn't a very, like, the movies didn't profit that much, so he just went back to doing doing his escape artist stuff. So his mm. death, as we get to that. He yeah. apparently, if you've seen some of the stuff about him and the movies about him, it was something about his appendix bursting. It was one of the, one of the things about oh, it. cause of death. Yeah, oh, cause okay. of death for acute appendicitis. So apparently what's been, what's been corroborated with a couple different people was that there was a person, this person, there was a person um, there that was with him at the shows that was like a friend and okay. uh, a guy. And he, <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now, I'm trying to find the exact spot, but he, uh, he basically like punched, we used to like give him jests, like jestingly punched him in the side hey. a lot. Hey! <laughs> and like one time, I guess he did that and he punched him so hard that he was like in pain and like he like, winced and like, uh, oh, he was debating on not going out to the show, and like towards the end, towards the end, and he decided not to go to the doctor because he was like, "It's going to get better. It's going to be fine." And eventually, the uh, he he ended up dying. He basically he was went to the hospital. He was in constant pain for a couple of days. Uh, he didn't seek medical help when he finally saw the doctor. He was found to have a, a fever. He had acute appendicitis, and he wanted to have immediate surgery. They wanted to have the doctors did, and he he just said, "No, screw it. I'm going to keep doing my show. Like I got to do the show." And then he arrived at the theater. Uh, he had a fever and he said, screw it. He went to the stage and he passed out during his show. He was revived on the stage after he passed out. 
he continued. He went to the hospital afterwards as soon as the show ended, and then yeah. he he basically died like immediately afterwards. So he did not escape. <laughs> he did not escape from that. No. So he but, basically uh, died from one of those old timey things that like nowadays we would, we would just get over like in like a week or something, right? Well, they said that, they said that if he they that's did, still a major surgery. It did surgery. Still yeah, it's appendicitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To have your appendix removed or whatever. Like I think that, yeah. that was probably what the suggestion was. That that's what impl- it's implied here. But he she chose not to do it when it was bad. So what is the what is it? Well, I don't really know what the appendix does. <laughs> uh, appendicitis uh, is it just you get an infection or bleed out? Is that what kills you? So it says appendicitis is inflammation of the appendix. Symptoms include rate lower abdominal abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, decreased appetite. However, approximately forty percent do not have uh, people do not have these typical symptoms. Severe complications include widespread painful inflammation of the inlining of the walls. Blah blah blah, and you get sepsis. Okay, yeah. So that's just uh, bad blood. Yeah, it, it's right. it's it, 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 it's uh, yeah, it's toxic. So I think I think it uh, we don't need the appendix anymore because we've evolved like we have like uh, you know crops and stuff and like we I don't know. There's a reason why we don't need the appendix anymore because we right. do things. Right. Your body survives without it. But. Yeah, we've done things to the food and we just don't need it. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I just thought uh, the antibiotics that you have nowadays can help supplement what the appendix kind of does. Oh yeah. I just thought like the newspaper headline would have been like European gypsy magician dies of consumption. You know what I mean? Like one of those. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah, that's one of the things. After yeah. dysentery. Well, afterwards, people were just like, "Oh, he died in one of his tricks, right? Like he died that's in what a I tank thought. or something." That would, yeah. be, that would be exciting. Yeah, which I is mean, in the movies and the stuff for... like that in the past. That's how it's depicted a lot of times that he dies in one of his escapes. But he doesn't. He died after one. He died after. I like. One. Did he die immediately after one? Is that what you were saying? He died like in the hospital, like I think within a couple hours after he got there. Like I actually like the fact that he that it wasn't one of his tricks that killed him. Like it, that means he never failed, right? One of his idiot friends. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. He. Yeah. He was. He was just went he down being up. famous and awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Right. I, I wonder if he would have the same reputation. Well, what do you think? Would he have the same reputation if he died during a trick from a trick? I think it would be. I think it would. I think it would soil his reputation a little bit. I'm not sure. I think it might be. It might do the opposite. I think it might be like, you know, he was a true escape artist. He pushed himself to such limits that this one he couldn't get out of in time. Yeah, it would be better, right, to be die of something dramatic like that or die of a pen. It's mm, a good point, yeah. too. Yeah. Or know. is it better that his reputation kind of is untarnished? Right. That's what John was saying. Like yeah. Michael Jordan should have just retired after his championship. He shouldn't have tried to come back and like play again when he was like 40 years old. You he know? shouldn't have died on that basketball court like he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not quite the perfect, yeah. but yes, right, yeah. Michael Jordan's still alive, as it turns out. Spoiler, yeah. <laughs> Con. Wait, what? No. So anyway, uh, that is my person, uh, Harry Houdini slash escapology, uh, kind of tangential, but uh, he is one of the great escapers of uh, of the world and of the past. So yeah, rename episode. He's, Thank he's you. Pretty yeah. Well, we can call you uh, Adam goes above and beyond Kaushi over here. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, John. Let's hear your BuzzFeed list. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a BuzzFeed list. Do you, you want s- me to go, or do you want to go? Actually, no. I'm happy to go. Uh, it's just it doesn't, doesn't seem as cool as Adams now because Adams like actually I decided this is something unique. Like this is a guy who escapes out of things, um, and I'm like, uh, really clever, crap. good job. I know it was clever. That's why I hate it. God damn that's it. Why, that's why it's I hate not it. Clever. I hate it when my friends <laughs> succeed at things and I don't. <laughs> Eat a dick, Adam. God. Uh, speaking of eating dicks, this is a prison escape, all right? People were in... Ch- <laughs> Beautiful transition. Seamless. 
seen that. I'm glad you talked to that prison escapee for this one too, and got the. <laughs> I mean, dicks, get in this frame. <laughs> <laughs> uh fucking hell! So, 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 um, no. I, I mean. <laughs> When we said we were doing escapes, I was like, you know, like one of my like favorite movies is, uh, you know, uh, the the saw cake uh, con- uh, convention or whatever saw cake convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's Shawshank Redemption. It's like one of my most favorite movies, right? And is, and, yeah. and I live in Northern California, and we all know about Alcatraz, right? Like, if if people for people who don't know, you know, about Alcatraz, and I, I'd like to think most people do, but like I didn't for, know that much about it, honestly. Yeah. Just- it's only around for like it was only a prison for like 30 years and yeah. it's famous because it was it was the most secure federal prison in the country because it was basically in the middle of uh, of the bay right the bay uh, you know san francisco bay there probably not san francisco bay i don't know what it's called but anyways um but basically the waters around there are you know 24 7 365 cold rough waters all the time right the michael bay like you, probably. yeah I think it's <laughs> Turns out it, made, it, it, is made, Sam, made, it is the San Francisco. You're made right. the movie The Rock, Michael Bay. So that's that's very clever. Bingo, wow. bingo, bongo. <laughs> that worked out. Yeah. It is in um, San Francisco, Bay. Yeah. I just so, did a tour of it, actually. I, I, it's good. Yeah. It's a it great cool. tour, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. very well done, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it's famous because, you know, the most secure federal prison, that's where, that's where Al Capone went. Um, you know, he died there of uh, syphilis, actually, which is one of those, you know, one of those old timey diseases I was trying to think of earlier when we were talking about Houdini and everything. So, um, but yeah, so, um, and actually when I started doing the research on this, um, I thought there had never been any escapes from Alcatraz. I thought that the, there's the one escape that they talk about, but people Mm -hmm. always just say it's rumored, but as of just this year, they actually proved that yes, three men did escape off of Alcatraz and, and actually lived to tell about it, as a matter so of fact. That's what I thought is that they escaped, but they didn't, they like assumed they died. So three of them, it, w- it was three guys, right? Yeah. So, and um, so it, it's kind of folklore and there was like, you know, there was a whole Hollywood, uh, I think Clint Eastwood was in a movie about it um, and stuff like that. And, and they've, they've talked about it before, you know, in, in all sorts of folklore. That's the one where he talks to the chair, right? Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, there, there is a movie called Escape from Alcatraz, right? Yeah, with Clint, with Clint Eastwood, it's the one okay. where he talks to a chair. Just making sure we're looking, we're talking, we're talking about the same chair one. Yeah, yeah, and, well, and the chair helps him. Uh huh. Yeah, old chariot. Chariot helps him with the escape. <laughs> he rides his chariot to get out of there. No, oh, that's, that's good. Okay, sorry. Carry on. No, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, so apparently earlier this year, so this this is kind of crazy. So uh, a San Francisco news affiliate got a source, and and the guy said. My name is John Anglin. This is one of the three guys that supposedly escaped. And he said, I escaped, he said, I escaped from Alcatraz in June 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. He said, I'm 83 years old and in bad shape. I have cancer. Yes, we all made it that night, but barely. Like this was a, this came in like anonymously, like just this year, like in January. Yeah. That's fascinating. I was very fascinated by it because it's like, So, and they're having a hard time believing it, but however, there are, um, what do you call it when like people swim, but for like charitable reasons? Yeah. Like people that swim the English channel and stuff. Yeah. But, but it's like a a group of people doing it type of a thing and they do it for like charity or something like that. But there's people that, there's people that swim the bay every year, essentially. So what's the, why is it a problem that they're swimming the bay? 
Why does that matter? Well, because a lot of people think there's a lot of sharks in there and the the water is very cold and rough and it's tough to, it's a tough trek to swim. If you bend to Alcatraz and you look out to like where the closest land is, it's a long, long swim. So it's like a mile or two. Yeah. And so like they're asked, they're talking to like law enforcement people, like current, current day law enforcement people. And they say, they like to think that, you know, they didn't make it at all. Um, and you know, they're talking to like law enforcement people that swim the bay, you know, they have a, a triathlon, it's a triathlon essentially is what I'm thinking yep, of. They have a, memory. they have an, they have an annual triathlon and there's not a single person that doesn't make that swim, right? They make it across every time. So that's when they but start during really, the day where they're training for it all the time. Sure. Probably in the summertime when it's slightly warmer, you know what I mean? But the water's still cold. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, so this escape actually happened. So three guys, um, so, uh, meticulous planning, of course, right? Because it's a very, because like getting out of the prison, I feel like was the easier part of the whole thing. Um, it's still Escaping hard. actual prison walls. Yeah, skipping the prison walls. It's getting in the water and swimming over to the land. That's the hard part. Okay. And, th- and this happened in like 62. So it's a trio and these guys were bank robbers, you know, big surprise, you know, typical, typical bank robbers type of thing. So they made a homemade drill from a broken vacuum cleaner motor. Um, and they and they they use it to widen the vent. They did this at night, obviously, when it's like super, you know, when, when everybody's asleep. I would assume. Um, it and seems they, super loud. <laughs> y- you think so? But Old somehow vacuums. Wait, what was this again? <laughs> what? Oh, they, they, 60s. 60s. The early early sixties. Yeah. So it's all yeah. those loud ass like full on metal vacuums with those like the dangling giant bag. fucking bag on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picking up all of daddy's cigarettes and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> From what I remember, actually, when I went to Alcatraz and they talked about the rumor of the escape, they talked about how the guys were basically like behind the walls. You can't. Yes. Yeah. Behind there's the walls. A, there's a spot where you can look and it's like, yeah, the, there's two or three corridors uh, of cells where the cells face the corridors. And then in between the corridors, there's like pipes and stuff that plumbing. Run. Yeah. And plumbing. And it's like a foot. Yeah. It's like that. Very, very it, tight. It, it runs from the it runs from the floor all the way up to the it's two stories tall. Yeah, um, so, they basically, so like, there's a gap between the cells, the backs of the cells, basically. Yeah, so they basically like climbed, and, climbed yeah. out. Yeah. What can you? Yeah, can you, so, is it pipes they climb back there, or like what can yes. you? Yes. Yeah, so it's like literally like if you can see my hands, like this yeah. is so the, I'm putting my hands like uh, like I'm about to clap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to paint you here. <laughs> so like to the fronts of my hands, it's cells, like brick walls, yeah, yeah, and yeah, there's yeah, yeah. pipes and stuff that run up between, and so like there's this, it's almost like a utility. Yeah. Gap. Yeah. Um. Actually, you ever seen The Matrix uh, where they go into the wall? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Like that. Yes. That's kind actually of. pretty much what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. But, Except but, it's concrete, not plasterboard. Yeah. Or and I would say tighter, like a little bit tighter, actually, in Alcatraz, to be honest. But um, yeah. <clears throat> so these guys, I mean, they, they had, a, you know, they had this planned out, obviously. Um, they And they basically climbed up the plumbing behind their cells, so to speak, like up to the roof, essentially. So, yes, it, it, yes they were on, on the roof, slid down the smokestack type of a thing. And they, they got in there and they had a raft actually um, made out of 50 raincoats. Um, yeah. So they just, I don't know, they got their normal raincoats, somehow stole those, I would assume. I don't, because I, I don't think they just hand out 50 raincoats to uh, three prisoners. But yeah. Um, <laughs> 50 raincoats sounds more like an anchor to me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's How would that float? Yes. Good question. But they also, it says they also made life vests and wooden paddles. So, very resourceful uh, bank robbers, it turns out, though. Sewing class, so they paid off. <laughs> and paddle class. The next... <laughs> why, 
Why would they have a paddle class at a prison that's in the middle of the water? Please don't do this. We did not think this one through. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, the guards found like dummy heads made of like paper mache and like Mm -hmm. real human hair actually in their cells, (laughs) which which is the funniest, (laughs) the funniest part. Yeah, (laughs) but here's but here's what happened. So so one of the guys died in 2008 and then um uh, and then the brother of the guy who who came forward died uh, i think 3 years later after that actually so so the guy who eventually came forward said if you announce on tv that i will be promised to first go to jail for no more than a year and get medical attention i'll write back to let you know exactly where i am and he wrote this is no joke like this is a guy saying listen i have who's he, who he writing to though uh, oh, to uh, to a local, uh, sorry, to a local um, CBS news affiliate. That's well, it. Why would they be able to promise him that uh, the leniency or whatever? Good question. I maybe feel they, like maybe they want the story and they just will. Kind of yeah, yeah. People. And plus, why would you be like, dear news people, just pro- <laughs> make promises you can't have any effect on? <laughs> yeah, and well, maybe, maybe you have to negotiate, like bring it to the. I don't know because like the, they're the ones who decide what gets on the air. So like if it's gonna be he wants it to be news he has to contact somebody in the news right like that's what it's he not like they're still searching I understand why he reached out to him but then why would you ask like I wouldn't call my local news person to be like hey make me promises about my legal status because you have no authority over them. sure like the police would have to decide that sure or federal whatever so maybe they just they brokered that stuff I don't know sorry no no not at all uh so yeah so the writer of the mm-hmm. letter says you know after he escaped Alcatraz he lived in Seattle and then he says he went to live in North Dakota for eight years and and then he currently uh, was in when he actually wrote the letter was in Southern California nice. um but so the letter though the U.S. Marshals um they sent this letter to the FBI lab and they examined it for like fingerprints and DNA and stuff like that and the handwriting um their results were inconclusive so it's a little like eh, you know so it kind of means yes and no but it, it keeps so the case is still kind of in limbo. Oh, they um, haven't like proceeded. Yeah, because well, and plus, like you know, what are they like? You know, it's not like this guy. Like there was one. There was one lawman that was like, "Listen, I'm sure these guys didn't get back to the shore and start living like clean lives, right? They probably stayed doing criminal shit." Um, but that's the thing. So like that's what makes it still kind of a mystery. Is like, well, you would have heard about them doing criminal shit, right? Uh, or unless they weren't Maybe. getting caught again, type of a thing. Yeah, so. But, but if they were doing you know, bank robbers, like that's the kind of thing where it seems so that he escaped in the '60s. So they've been doing they've been doing not criminal stuff for f- years, which would make sense because I would think after you right? go through all that Almost. trouble to escape a prison, um, like just just stay clean, just keep your nose clean after that. Like you know what I mean? Like you know. But I think it's not like they're like I feel like a lot of times people that are robbing banks are not doing it because it's like well I could do a lot of other things. I have so much opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, it's I true. just like Rob Banks. They're doing it because that's what they know works. Like they figured out this pattern that works for them. Mm-hmm. That's why people don't learn new skills in prison end up repeating, like going back to a life of crime because that's the skills that they have. It's not completely impossible though. Like they, if you figure out their ages, um, uh, they would be 86, 87, and 90. So it's not completely impossible actually for them to still be alive. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I, but I, I think the, uh, the, 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 the conventional wisdom now is that two of them are dead and one of them is, is actually still alive. I think it's the oldest one that's still alive, actually. So, huh? Yeah. So it turns out even the most inescapable prison in the 30s to 60s uh, can still be, uh, you know, escaped. Although nowadays, I feel like we don't hear about this happening too often. Escapes out of prison. Yeah, we do all the time. People escape from prison. Yeah, all the time. I mean, I think they often get caught, but yeah, people escape all the time. You can still get out of prison nowadays? Like, I think maybe you're escaping from, yeah, that's, it still happens. 
Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like I just saw a thing about two people escaped and one of them got caught. Like, I feel like that just, I just saw that in like the last. I just can't think of how, like how you would even do well, it. Like, I wonder if you escaped from, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I don't usually read the articles, but I do see it happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. People get out of like, they're in a van that crashes or they are doing like work release, not work release, but um, like work details. Yeah. And then they get out, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, cause they're, they're already outside. Or there's, I don't know, I guess. I mean, I'm sure that still happens. It, it does you sound that about bank robberies, too. It does sound less doable nowadays, though, like in the actual prisons, because the prisons are like pretty well manned and cameraed and locked down. And like, there's a lot more technology around it and multiple barriers of you have to kind of get through and man traps and whatever to get outside anyway. So like, yeah, you have to kind of wait for the opportunity. Oh, my God. Remember the remember the thing where the dude, Um, it was like in France and there was a guy that escaped on a helicopter out of prison. Is this recently? Like this year. Is this a Bond villain? No, it was a guy. <laughs> he, was a, he was like a gangster guy, kind of guy. Like he was in. Hold on, let me Google it. Oh, there's El Chapo, of course, right? Yes. I almost talked about El Chapo, but yeah. that dude escaped. Yeah. And do you remember the details of that? Where like there was a tunnel that went under yeah. the prison and he got on a motorcycle on a rail? Yes. Yes. Like basically they dug a tunnel all the way under the pr- prison or jail or wherever he was. And they put like a train track at the in the bottom or whatever, not train track, but you know, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mine cart track is what I'm picturing. Yeah. And they took the front wheel off of a motorcycle. Like Temple of Doom then, type stuff. And then they had like the thing on the track and then just the back wheel of the motorcycle touched the ground and he just sat on it and, and just zipped along on this rail. And he covered like, because they bought a house like a mile and a half away from the prison mm-hmm. and dug a tunnel in the basement of that place all the way to the prison. And then he wow. got on there and drove a mile and a quarter, like in a few minutes, and then got in that thing and got out and was that's, gone. That's nuts. It's the coolest thing I've ever. Heard. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I get out. That was sick. I was like, you know what? I think we all agreed that was dope. <laughs> immunity, diplomatic immunity. <laughs> immunity. Um, there was a guy in France uh, that he he was like a gangster. I just I just found this. So I want to talk to you about it. Um, he was 46 years old. He had been serving a 25-year sentence for armed robbery and murder uh, at some penitentiary center. And um, there were 500 male and female prisoners in this um, place. And it was an ex- one of the exceptional campuses featuring meadows, embankments, water channels, plants, shrubs. Like it was a nice prison, I guess. Um, but uh, the prison was supposed to be secure even for a man like this guy. His name was F-A-I-D. Fade. Redouin Fade. Red- R-E-D-O-I-N-E. Redoin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hey, you're annoying. Was he in that place where the naked ladies dance? (laughs) Um, Was there a hole in the wall where he could see it all, or um, even the landscape was what it was called anti-helicopter netting. So the entire grounds, except for one large, suddenly used courtyard, was covered in this stuff. It was like essentially a net across the top, so a helicopter couldn't land. That sounds ridiculous. (laughs) It does. And uh, nothing is anti-helicopter. Well, like if it was a net that a helicopter tried to land and got caught in the blades and would cause it to crash, that's anti-helicopter. Yeah, I, I, At least yeah. anti the first helicopter anyways. <laughs> um, the second one might be fine. But someone uh, spotted it out. Basically, they think that potentially – I'm just reading this article. Uh, they said that they maybe scouted out the fact didn't have anti-helicopter netting using drones by scouting it uh, because several such machines had been spotted flying over the prison. And um, they got a machinery – essentially three willing accomplices and none of them knew how to fly a helicopter. So on Sunday morning, the men kidnapped a pilot as he waited for a flight. They forced the pilot at gunpoint to fly them to the prison in, an, in a helicopter, the light, light utility copter. And uh, it flew over the, the 
place the thick foliage touched down in the courtyard two of the gunmen jumped out of the craft they were now wearing masks they also wore hoods police armbands and carried kalishnikov rifles um and the dude was uh, the gangster was in the visiting room talking to his brother uh, the gunman in the courtyard allegedly set off gas canisters and smoke bombs of distraction and used an electric grinder to get through the visiting room door. Oh, the, the two gunmen then escorted fade back, fade back to the helicopter where the third was still guarding the pilot. And it basically, he just took off. What? How did he get to the net? There's, there's one area that they've determined didn't have anti-helicopter netting. Oh my. Like that God. was the courtyard that these <laughs> right. <Jeez>, morons. <laughs> yes. I, I really need to know what what how you make anti helicopter netting. Like, what does the netting do? I imagine it gets the blade. Can't you know? I mean, you can't get a blade. It'll tangle up in the blade and make the helicopter crash. Yeah, or you just can't. But like, if it, you're gonna bounce into it. Like, what's gonna happen? You can't push down through. I don't. I mean, you know, but how if, much, you have, if it was made of metal, right? It could keep up the helicopter. But anti helicopter netting, and you cover three quarters of your place with it. <laughs> how effective? Is it? It's like having anti tank <laughs> walls, and then having a quarter of the walls not be there. It's like, yeah, the tank's just going to drive in. <laughs> We've got a perfect rain shelter. Well, this one part doesn't have a roof, but uh, apparently the pilot was released unharmed. <laughs> so, oh, good for him! Nice. And then his next stage of escape was in a ground vehicle, which was later found abandoned um it's crazy it happened in july really this year this year so six months ago somebody escaped out of prison yes man you think they would get this shit right by now it's kind of amazing like you don't think that those kinds of things can happen like that's a super dope escape that none of us talked that's about also a really <laughs> completely sick, forgot about that's it really, that's a really that. sick uh, resume bullet point for that helicopter pilot too i got kidnapped <laughs> bullet point that should needs to be your header for christ's sake on a resume what the hell man like, yeah put that at the top yeah. although if you're an adult is it still getting kid I, it's like, it's still, it, I mean it is it's still the term but what i, I don't i don't, <laughs> I don't know. know is Pretty the word kidnapped specifically referring to kids no yeah. i mean was it because they were getting stolen while they sleep kidnap oof yikes that's dark <laughs> yes yeah speaking of dark i think i'm ready to start my <laughs> <laughs> all right so when you think of can you think of some terms for um a womanizer some people some John famous Larry. people that are mm -hmm. no <laughs> famous people <laughs> no uh famous like uh he's a real you can guess the the name oh the word the you're looking for oh he's yeah. a real uh uh don uh don juan that's a good one not it but it's a good one we got uh just like ladies man like that general term I really, like he's looking yeah, for a name like a first and last yeah. name like a, per maybe don not a, first oh, person. a person don quixote maybe not don no, quixote don lemon <laughs> no donald right. trump nope i'll tell you uh okay so have you ever heard of uh casanova Oh yes, 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 yes. He's a real Crazy, Casanova. Yeah. You've heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. I mean, it's kind of. Okay. It's kind of gone out of style, but it is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Casanova. It's like an '80s bully would yeah. say it to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like a movie. Yeah, it's like somebody. Some someone would say that to Screech Powers from uh, Say by the Bell. Were there boys on that show? Oh yeah, there were boys in that show. But it was mostly like, like were... just like just Zach and Zach was a fucking bully. Yeah, they were all schmucks. Yeah. They were shitty to, but they weren't really shitty to him. No, I, guess. I thought they were like friendly. To they were pretty, they were nice friendly, to friendly to him. But there were other people on the show that they were just like kind of jerks to. They were kind of the assholes <laughs> of the school, to be honest. Yes. Scree Screech was one like shove into a locker away from like shooting up that place, though. I swear Didn't to God, he get in trouble with the law, like the actor. 
I think so, actually, yeah. Dustin Diamond. Dustin like, I think Diamond. he got in trouble for gun something. Dustin, that guy's a real Dustin, Dustin handcuffed Diamond. Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> because literally, he's in jail. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is the guy's. Uh, he's Italian. His name's Giacomo uh, Casanova. Giacomo Casanova. Mm-hmm. As Shade um, would say, a real smooth uh, operator. I'll, I would say that's true. Um, so he was an Italian adventurer. He was a Scottish Rite Master Mason and the author um, and an author from the Republic of, of Venice. Uh, that's where he came from, is Venice. And he had uh, he had the Historie de ma vie, which means the story of my life. So that's a lot of uh, the stuff known about him is from his self-written autobiography or is that what an autobiography is Where you write it yourself yeah autobiography yeah uh, it's, it's, a, it's a ghost story or it, it, it's ghost written it's not a, no, it's, no, a, no. it's a story that, not it's a story that writes itself yeah it's, it's, it's nicholas cage yeah it's the never ending story I, what, so, what, um, when did it stop it's ghost writer <laughs> <laughs> damn it i was hoping one of you guys are catching Ooh, it what what where how do you how do you how do you claim that you're an adventurer I don't know that he self-claimed it. I think they claimed it. Who claimed it? So, one on your resume? I don't. Well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked, Adam. Um, so his apparently. What'd you say? Uh, Is it a bullet point on your resume? Yeah. Adventurer loves to go you out and adventure for long walks on the beach. Do you remember when our mutual friend put um, uh, on his resume? He he was like applying for an office job, and he put um, like uh, uh, crowd management skills on it. <laughs> Is he a oh my god! Because you said that, I know. I know what friend you're talking about. Like yeah. automatically, yeah. It just made me, it said that. Like he had. I mean, he's obviously revised it since. But at the mm. time, I was just like, ooh. Like one of the things he said was um, ample internet experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, that sounds like you just masturbate. That's nonstop. porn. That's straight up <laughs> porn. <laughs> oh, like when, uh, yeah. Like when I want to watch porn, I type ample internet experience, and porn comes up. <laughs> Deep web adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> Deep web adventure in search of ample, ample internet adventures. <laughs> Has to be good with crowd management. <laughs> must love dogs. Um, so yeah, but uh, his his um, autobiography is kind of viewed by historians as one of the more authentic sources of the customs and norms of European. Uh, social life during the 18th century. So he lived from 1725 to uh, 1798. And so he was all those things I said, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, but he also, at some point there's an, so I'll get that, but he was really fascinating. When I started reading about him, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know this was based on a real person. Wait, Quick question. So (laughs) the term Casanova taken from this guy. Yeah. Is that the idea? So yeah. 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 I'll get to that too. So, um, so he had become so famous for his, often complicated and elaborate affairs with women that his name is now synonymous with womanizer. He could get in and out of any vagina he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Real escape artist. He'd get it. He'd rip pants on. <laughs> get out of there. Say <laughs> uh, la vie and off he goes. Say <laughs> la right. vie. That's French. That's French. <laughs> well, he ends up in France because he basically gets in trouble with the law in <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, to t- he basically through his life he uh, he was born um, in Venice to an actress and an d- actor and dancer um, uh, Zanetta Farusi and Gatteno Casanova. 
Uh, he was the first of six different children. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which meaning meaning there was one of him and five other kids, basically. Yes. So yeah, like a didn't... Jabberwocky, just all five heads on a body. Um, <laughs> disgusting. Uh, some of them did not live that long. Like one of them was like five or six years old. Um, but some most of them lived to their you know, 30s, 50s, stuff like Died that. Died of like syphilis, smallpox, consumption. Yeah. I always thought people died very young back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like in the 1700s, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I think people lived the, in their 70s and 80s. Yeah, there was the rare cases where people would make it, and, and everybody's like, "Wow, he's a magician," you know. Well, this guy died. He, he was 73 when he died. Yeah, that's old for back then. Like, that's old. surprising. To yeah, me. I always thought people died in their 30s or 40s from like yeah easily preventable diseases by diarrhea. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I just I think there's there's, <laughs> shot, shot, shot. there's probably just some <laughs> gaps in there where it's not as like there's not a plague going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whew, made it. <laughs> Just no plague. plague. <laughs> so you write in their yearbook. Hey man, there was no plague this year. <laughs> oh god, a rat! <laughs> Shit, please. Did they know what the Black Death was caused by at the time? Turns out it wasn't rats. I think it was chipmunks. Yeah, no. oh, but it was fleas. Right? Guaranteed, no. Like they never figured it out and just it killed oh, enough of the population. I don't know to, like, that. Not I don't think never figured it out, but obviously, oh, like, we time. figured it out. Right, like did essentially like, oh, oh it's died down. We realized it's from those things. Well, they must have eventually figured it out, right? Like, yeah. Well, like modern people have. Like, but I wonder they... if people that were like lived through it, how would they ever how know would what they? Like, if you think about it right now, like all of a sudden a plague started, like how would you trace it back to a rat or a squirrel or whatever? Right now? Well, they would trace it back to patient you know, zero. Right. They try to find patient zero. Yeah, or but, monkey but zero. we have a lot of data though. Like back in the day, you just like you gotta pray that the doctor knows who the first person. <laughs> Like you literally have to pray, actually, to that. Yeah. That's that's what your that was that's your only true. medicine. Yeah. We should, by the way, we should some point talk about medical, like the history of medicine, because it is the stuff people believed is bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think it'd be cool. Like it's crazy the stuff they like. They thought at some point that like spirits were people were giving people, um, you know, influencing their bodies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then and then at one point, like there was I forget the name of it now because I'm not doing an episode about medical stuff, but they were talking about. There were like the four um, humors. Oh yeah, that's how that they all they used to think everything was humors. H U M O R S. Yeah. O U R S. But it didn't mean the same oh. thing as what you're thinking. No, oh, but it was okay. like you had like a you know oh he's just got a humor that is and there's four types and I'm, I'm blanking. You're talking on about like bile and all that kind of stuff too, right? With the different like like fluids over that, like they drain your body of those things. <laughs> right. They'd think taking out blood would help you. Yeah, like leeches and stuff. And, oh. Yeah. Right. Like that's you're right. But then eventually they started realizing, oh, these organs do something. Yes. Like somebody had the brilliant idea to be like, oh, these all this stuff inside. It probably yeah. does stuff. Yeah. So so blub was one of the four humors. I don't remember the humor. So we should yeah. maybe talk about that at some point. But it, it's interesting. Not so like Adam, you pick a humor. Justin, you pick a humor. And then I'll just pick like semen or something like that just for jokes. Just be humorous. <laughs> Stan yeah. Sears, classic John. <laughs> Top, all right, uh, let me let me tell you a little bit. Awesome humors on BuzzFeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number one, semen. <laughs> easy. That was easy. Impressionist. <laughs> like art style. Okay. Uh, so Casanova grew up in a family of performers, and um, the city of Venice at the time of his birth was kind of the pleasure capital of Europe. Mm. Uh, it was ruled by political and religious conservatives who tolerated social vices and encouraged tourism. Uh, so it was kind of a required stop on the Grand Tour. Have you ever heard of the Grand Tour? No, actually. So essentially in the, I think it's a TV show about cars now, but. Oh, um, yeah. But back in the day in like the 1700s, 1800s, whenever that was, um, like men, as they come of age, like at 2021, they would like tour the continent of Europe, like uh, well-to-do men, 
would tour the continent of Europe to like broaden their experiences and learn about the cultures of the Renaissance and all that stuff all around Europe and, you know, really sleep with a bunch of people. Right. Like they just became cultured. That's how they did it. That's awesome. I didn't know that was a thing. Right. Like I, fuck, I want to go on a grand tour. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But just Jasmine just won't let you go, huh? Yeah. She's such Uh, a stickler. Right. Um, So, you know, essentially it, uh, was traveled by young men coveting of age, especially men from the kingdom of Britain and the, f- the famed carnival, gambling houses, beautiful courtesans. Mm-hmm. They were all powerful things that were drawing people to Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this like mixture that like kind of made Casanova, made him famous and kind of he became like it's, it's like the poster child for that whole thing. Like Casanova became this like, what's the word? He blazed a pussy like train like across idol, here. Like an idol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, he was like the representative of, not not officially in any way, but like you could look at him as like that's what the city was all about at the time. Yeah, it's kind um, of like but the, I, the Lennon of uh, the John Lennon of like whatever, like during that kind of peace love and whatever. And we're just like, oh, right, yeah. kind of like Lennon, he, yeah, right. I, uh, he was bagging and tagging body. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they called it back then. <laughs> Sinking battleships left and right. Um, so he apparently cared for his grandmother while his mother toured about Europe with the theater. His father that's died sweet. when he was eight. Um, and as a child, Casanova suffered nosebleeds, which is super important. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing. That does sound like Just it. nosebleeds? Yeah. Did you ever have nosebleeds as a kid? I, I did. I every, like, randomly, like, like once every, like, six years. Why or the like hell? The, why did it, st- I mean, not that I wanted to continue, but why did it stop? Why did it happen at all? What a weird thing to happen. Yeah, why does nosebleeds nosebleed? happen? Like, why would suddenly a little kid get to the Like, like if the air is too dry and you, like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't I have no <laughs> idea. Anyway, so... <laughs> So essentially, his uh, his mom died, his grandma died, everybody died, and um, uh, so they got rid of him, basically, uh, or some, something along those lines. Um, he was sent to a boarding house at not, age nine. Uh, the boarding house was appalling, and he uh, his primary instructor uh, taught him subjects so, as well as the violin. So he became kind of educated, um, which not everybody did at the time. Um, Book reading's hard. Yeah, it is. Um, so he became he moved in with a priest. Uh, and oh his boy. family and lived there. Yeah. Through most of his teenage years, uh, Casanova first came into contact with the opposite sex when someone's younger, the people he was listening to his younger sister fondled him at the age of 11. So it's a lot of the stuff they know because he like wrote a diary about it. Mm. Hmm. Um, Diaries just come in handy, like more often than people think. Do you keep a diary? I do not, but I think I yeah. should. Uh, it's really hard to, to, yeah. Um, we have a mutual friend that had, was keeping for like a straight year. She kept like a diary. And she can go back and be like, here's what I was doing on this date and like find like specific emotions she wrote about and like all these things. And it's like, I, d- I have no memory of like that detail of my life. So yeah, yeah I think you're right. Yeah. It is interesting because it's not, it's not like I'm cataloging what I do, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's not true because there's a lot of stuff in my life. I got a kid. You know, yeah. yeah. A whole freezer full okay. of ice cream. So. <laughs> I had a full freezer full of ice cream. Get him, Adam. Yeah. I'm fat. You got it. Um, <laughs> uh okay so anyways uh so essentially he became like that's when he first got his like taste of the flesh or whatever he wasn't a cannibal he liked he liked the sexy part of flesh yeah right yeah the poussoir yeah. um so he uh sorry so essentially he he was very smart as a matter of fact i read an article that said he um he might have been like a polymath and like a genius a polymath like, where he's just like super good at multiple maths, I believe yeah. is what a polymath is. Multiple maths, okay. You know? He was a math addict. Do, do you know if that's true? <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard the term polymath. 
Neither have I, yeah. Um, well, essentially, he like excelled at philosophy, chemistry, mathematics, and he was keenly interested in medicine. And uh, he basically had this like crazy life where he like did a bunch of different stuff. Like he lived a super full life. Yeah. Uh, so, he, so he he was like the epitome of like a Renaissance man. Yeah. Because that's yeah. like a, maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why or the things that that was termed around that time like based on him or. Something. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Well. So early on, um, he demonstrated quick wit, and he graduated at seventeen with a degree in law. Um, and his guardian, he had a guardian at this point, and his hope was that he'd become an uh, ecclesiastical lawyer, which I think is a biblical lawyer. I yeah, I think you're crazy. right. But damn, how do you how do you lawyer that shit? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I think he may be doing laws, like, but judging them by God's rules instead of like, I, I have no idea. I just, it doesn't, I didn't read about that. So I don't know. <laughs> huh. um, if you had so that was, profession back then, you were a fucking millionaire. Yeah. And you were yeah. a fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> but uh he wanted to become a fish uh, a physician because um it's more like it it's more you make more money basically <laughs> that's why he wanted to do it than legal practice mm. um he frequently prescribed his own treatments for himself and friends and while he was attending university he began to gamble and quickly got into debt um mm. causing his uh he went back to venice uh, with his grandmother um but then by then the, he was already like a lifelong gambler couldn't couldn't stop yeah so now he's back in venice um and he's like 17 or 18 um and he started he worked as he was working as a clerical law uh, a law cleric um clerk clerk is that the word yeah yeah law clerk a okay. law clerk yeah. is the thing but a law cleric sounds more like what you were saying where you're like a, it says clerical law career, so i think it's law clerk yeah, oh, like clergy clergy i get what you're saying i don't i don't think it is though i think it is just law clerk oh. clerical law i think that's could be clergy clerk. though because clergy kind of maybe it's related because back yeah. then like a clerk for this was well also he is working clergy. for so he he um he had started working doing some work for the patriarch of venice and he shuttled back and forth to another city to continue his studies but now he'd become something of a dandy tall dark and his long powerful powder scented and elaborately curled hair oh yeah um He's like the Benedict Cumberbatch of the of the 18th century. Kind of, yeah. He's he's just this, you know. He's a he's a smart, well spoken, handsome yeah, keep, guy. Yeah, keep basically, going. he's a real a real catch. <laughs> keep, keep talking. By yeah, the way, played, uh, how did uh, what was gambling back then? Like, how did you gamble? Huh. The like they didn't have like slots <laughs> machi- slot machines or like. I bet uh, you were like. I mean, I don't know. Are you betting on fights or something or probably yeah, like, that. I don't know. Rate horse races, bullfights. Who knows? Okay. How long you will live? who had 35 (laughs) oh it turns out everybody had 35 Uh, yeah um so basically he had um he quickly ingratiated himself with a patron um then he kept and this is something you'll notice throughout his life as he keeps getting in with like good with people and then they like pay for him Mm. uh it was a 76 year old senator um, and he was the owner of the Palazzo Malapiero. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> it was close to Casanova's home in Venice. Um, yes. Um, and so this guy, uh, the guy, the senator, moved in like the best circles and taught young Casanova a great deal about good food and wine and how to behave in society. Uh, however, Casanova was caught dallying with Malapiero's intended object of seduction, Ooh. actress oh, Teresa. No. Whoops. So, yeah. On a side note, Adam, do you get triggered when Justin mispronounces Italian words? <laughs> He's like, it's pronounced Boyardee. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Pronounced spaghetti, not spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> Fettuccine. <laughs> Can we do a few more? 
Pasta fajul. You gotta do this thing with your hands yeah. too. <laughs> Make all the tips of your fingers touch. Yeah. Uh, Forget. Oh, yeah. No, I don't uh, care anymore. <laughs> can't even, he's so triggered he can't even respond. I don't care either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not Italian. Are you Italian? No, Maltese. I've said oh, this before. Uh, right. I know. That's, that's not why he's keeps saying that. It's not, not the same thing, but I don't no. know what it's kind of the same. Whatever. Thing. But I still. <laughs> Okay, that would trigger me, for Christ's sake. John, you're kind of Maltese, because none of it matters. It's a made-up place. <laughs> Adam, I, I, this is in your hands at this point, my friend. That's all right. I'll just let him yeah. keep digging. Yeah. Uh, okay, so essentially, uh, the guy, his patron, kicked the senator, kicked him out of the house. Um, this does sound like uh, a quick pause. This does sound like, like a story that I've seen, read, or anything. I'm sure Be- there's a movie of Because this. if you think about like, what's the... There's a boy who was raised like in an orphanage with no family. He's really bright. He's got a lot of potential. Some, some people, some rich people take him in and train him classically and stuff. He's like, the blind really, side. he's really nice. <laughs> uh, there's no blind side. I don't think that's true. <laughs> the blind side. He's really, he's really nice. He's very proper. And then all of a sudden he does something that's too far because he doesn't know boundaries. And he like starts, all the women love him. And then, like, but Sandra Bullock will teach him boundaries. Bad stuff comes out at the end of it. Like, I get, oh I've God, seen bound. this shit before. Like, ten yard line. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know what it is though. I mean, I'm sure it's like a they. It's probably inspired a lot of movies, if not directly based on. Yeah, this. it's like a trope. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is now. It probably wasn't. Maybe then. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe everyone watches him do this, and it's like Casanova. Come, come on, on Casanova. So, <laughs> so basic. We've seen this movie that was not invented yet. A hundred years, you're going to be so broke. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently he, uh, uh, so essentially he had a short church career after his mother's death. Um, he entered into the seminary, but scandals tainted the entire career. Um, but soon his indebtedness landed him in prison for the first time. Uh, an attempt by his mother to secure him a position with Bishop Bernardo de Bernardes. Jesus Christ. Get a real name. <laughs> Adam, this is why I ask. <laughs> His name is <laughs> Come on. Look at that name. The laziest name. John Johnson. Lived in San Bernardino. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so essentially his mom tried to get him a job and the guy was not uh, – Casanova didn't want the job because he tried to live in the bishop's um, see, but then he, he, didn't, he didn't like it. So instead he found employment as a scribe with a powerful cardinal in Rome. He met the pope. And Casanova boldly asked for dispensation to read the forbidden books from eating and from eating fists, which he claimed inflamed his eyes. This is just Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Wait. He also com- so he he, he basically said asked fish inflamed his eyes. He, <laughs> he, didn't wanna, he, he basically didn't want to read books and he didn't want to eat fish anymore. And so he asked the Pope directly. Yeah. Bold, yeah. Bold this move. is the story. Almost, yeah. He, he, so yeah. he uh, apparently some of the other things he did was he composed love letters for uh, a cardinal. And then essentially, at some point, Casanova, he became the scapegoat for a scandal involving a local pair of star-crossed lovers. Uh, The cardinal dismissed him, thanking him for his sacrifice, but basically ended his church. So in search of a new profession, (laughs) Casanova bought a commission to become a military officer. Um, So he basically basically bought a costume (laughs) that looked official and then became, walked up and he's like, I'm going to be an officer now. And they were like, okay. Oh, he's like a con man. Yeah. He's like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. with the airplane. Yeah, that was exactly the movie I was thinking of, actually. Yeah. So here's the uh, reflecting can, yeah. that there was. So here's here's the uh, from his uh, his autobiography reflecting that there was now little likelihood of my achieving fortune in the ecclesiastical. Ecclesiastical. 
Thank you. Ecclesiastical career. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to dress as a soldier. I inquire for a good tailor. He brings me everything I need to impersonate the follower of Mars. They got a Yeah, yeah. My uniform was white with a blue vest, a shoulder knot of silver and gold. I bought a long sword and with my handsome cane in hand, a trim hat and a black cockade. With my hair cut and side whiskers and a long false pigtail, I set forth to impress the whole city. Keep going. <laughs> what else was he wearing? I think <laughs> what kind of I think out of her black cockade and just uh, he's like, uh, keep going, please. <laughs> you, had, you had me a black cockade. <laughs> Big black cockade stuck on. Huh? Yeah. What'd you say? He had his fancy cane in his hand? Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> his long, how long was that sword? <clears throat> real long, Adam. Uh, so he joined. <laughs> keep going. You guys are nasty. Uh, so then he joined uh, a Venetian regiment at Corfu, which is a city. Uh, but his stay was broken by a brief trip to Constantinople, ostensibly to deliver a letter from his former master, the cardinal. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't tell if it's because he didn't really deliver a letter or he wrote his own letter pretending it was from the cardinal. It wasn't really clear to me. Um, but he found his advancement too slow and he got really bored with it. He, he didn't really get progressed fast enough. So he managed to lose most of his play gambling. Uh, Casanova soon abandoned his military career and returned to Venice. <laughs> so at the age of 21, he set out to become a professional. This is all before he's 21. Oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, yeah. Back then, you lived like a lifetime up until you were 20. Like, well, like 30 was your lifetime. lifetime. Yeah. Nowadays, like people are 25 and they're like, I'm having a quarter life crisis, you know? <laughs> God. By the um, way, um, how does they. Uh... a quarter life crisis. <laughs> By the way, I'm having a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, how does a Venetian regiment like camouflage themselves? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Spaghetti news. And behind blinds. You just. Oh, uh, boo. <laughs> As, uh, you know what? Actually, I take that boo back. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Boo back. Of all of us. The funniest joke of the whole episode. <laughs> I win. Too far? I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, at the age of 21, he set out to become a professional gambler, but he lost all his money. Um, from the cell of, so I think you could buy your way into the military and I think he sold that. I heard that. Yeah. I heard you say that earlier. You can like buy a commission so you can yes. buy your way into the army. Like why would you yes. even like you can buy that? your way as an officer? Okay. And so, cause it's a good, I mean, it could be a decent career. I, I guess I don't know. Well, what are you buying though? Is my question. Like how do you like the position you, the title? Like, you be the title, you become an officer instead of joining as like, you know, I don't, I, I don't really I know. Can't fail. Oh. It didn't really get into that part so much, but that is interesting. So he sold that, but then he blew all his money uh, gambling. So he turned to his old benefactor um, for a job. And then he began his third career as a violinist <laughs> in the oh, San Samuel Theater. Um, so he basically, he writes, um, essentially, he was not that good at it. And so he essentially says, if the people in this career are uh, admired, the people that are bad at it or just average are like despised. So like if you're a good violinist, yeah, you're the greatest. It's a big deal. But if you're just yeah. an average violinist, everybody thinks you should. Yeah. You're garbage, basically. Yeah, I could see that. So, it makes sense. So um, so that, that didn't work out. Yeah. So his profession was not to be a noble one because he wasn't good at it, but he didn't care. Calling like everything if you're prejudice. really good at crowd management, like you're winning like Grammys and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But if you're yeah. just average at crowd management, yeah. you're probably just doing data entry. Like so. if you don't have excellent internet experience, just ample. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Casanova of our age. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so good. The Casarola of our age. <laughs> See, if you keep making jokes, you're going to have to name the person. And then nah, just, we, we can't name the person. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, da, 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 da. 
So essentially, he got all the habits of his fellow musicians. Um, essentially, they roamed through the, the city, um, thinking up scandalous practical jokes. <laughs> essentially, they would do things like untying the gondolas and letting them float away. Oh. Um, they'd also like prank call midwives and physicians and send them on <laughs> false calls. <laughs> like the dude was, I'm, I'm Giacomo Casanova and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Basically. He's that guy who's just like, you know, I didn't get this out in my college years, so I got to get it out now. Well, he's 21 yeah. at this point. Well, your college years back then were from 11 to 13. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. But he didn't, he did not like being a musician. But at some point, he had saved the life of a um, Venetia, Venetian Patri- Patrician? Yeah, Patrician, which I don't know. What, what is a Patrician? Some kind of position. The Patriarch? And- yeah, that's what it is. Like a Patriarch. Um, so essentially, there was like a big family who was wealthy, and this guy had a stroke, and he was, um, riding with he had a stroke while riding with casanova in again a gondola after a wedding ball and he immediately stopped to have the senator bled then at the senator's palace a physician bled the senator again and applied an ointment of mercury at the point that was used as an all pop all purpose but toxic remedy to the senator's chest this raised his temperature and induced a massive fever because it's fucking toxic spoiler alert mercury yeah um, who would have thought? and then it looked like he was choking on his own swollen windpipe and a priest was called because they thought he was dying um but even though the doctors were like, no, no, the mercury is doing its thing. Casanova was like, get rid of this fucking ointment and wash him off. <laughs> and then he with cool water and they did. And he survived, he like recovered and like essentially credited Casanova with saving his life. And then for the rest of his life, kind of like um, mooched off this guy. Know, right. Um, so they basically they said because of how young he was, they thought he was wise beyond his years. Um, and so they actually. Um, concluded that he must be possessed a possession of in possession of some occult knowledge and they were Kabbalists. So they also thought he was like a, you know, this also like an arcane uh, occult guy. Yeah. Um, All from just saying, go yeah. take a bath. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Permanent salary. Yeah, I hate basically all ass backwards into success. It pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's done a lot of things with moderate success. I mean, yeah. every one of them have been failure so far. Yeah. But his proud man. His main it, success it, has been has been mooching and yeah, getting, and that's kind of his whole deal. Like that's the skill. So for three years under this, so it's another senator basically. So for the next three years, uh, he was working as a legal assistant. He led the life of a nobleman, dressing magnificently, mm-hmm. uh, and it was natural to him. So spending most of his time gambling, engaging engaging in amorous pursuits. Um, I know what that he means. was very. Yeah, oh yeah, you do. Um, but his patron was really like tolerant. But he did warn Casanova that someday he would pay the price. Um, but I'm not sure that he does. Uh, but at some point, he was he was forced to leave Venice due to further scandals. Casanova had dug up freshly buried corpse to play a practical joke on an enemy and exact revenge, but the victim went into paralysis, never to recover. So he basically <laughs> put him in a coma. Oh my God, this guy's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Dick. So then he escaped to Parma uh, to have a three-month affair with a French woman he named Henriette. He named um, her? Well, he named her in her, and I don't know if that was her actual name, but that's what he called her oh. in his biography. I was like, that's pretty pomp. <laughs> um, and it was the deepest love he ever experienced. It was a woman who combined beauty, intelligence, and culture. In his words, they who believe that a woman is incapable of making a really happy all the 24 hours of the day have never known a Henry. Henry um, Handjob Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would she pick that middle name? I think you know. That's <laughs> what so made him happy 24 7. So. Yeah. Don't stop him. Um, <laughs> that was her first name that he just gave her Henriette for the first time because it was too awkward. Hey, but I think go by Henriette. Hey, I'm Handjob Houdini. Houdini. Oh, God. You know, I think we're going to be really good friends. <laughs> 
so yeah so essentially she broke up with him and because of his debt and his childish behavior and mm. well, basically he was just, a whole he was piece just beating of himself yeah yeah um so he was despondent so he did his grand tour he went to venice and then uh set off on his grand tour um Da, da, da. So essentially, he stayed in Paris for two years, did all sorts of stuff, learned the language, spent much of the time at the theater, and introduced himself to notables. However, soon his numerous li- liaisons were noted by the Paris police as they were uh, in nearly every city he visited. Uh, in 1752, his brother, Francesco, and he moved to Paris from Dresden, where his mother and sister, Maria Maddalena, were living. His new play, which he was in, called I Can't Say It. Uh, now, oh, now you decide to give up on the Italian uh, pronunciation. Okay. I can't say the word though. All the other ones I can say pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't over here telling my story going, San Francisco. You know what I mean? Like you can just <laughs> say, it say it. Yeah. Nobody says San Francisco like that. That's the point. These people yeah, say but, these things. But like it is Spanish words. All right, pal, say that word. Yeah, do it. I'm telling you. La Mulu Chulade. Oh, well, I, I have to see it. I'm sorry. Where, where is it? I put it? it in the chat. All right. Oh, sorry. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll go and find it. It's okay. in the, the, the video. La Mulu yeah, I see. I don't know how to pronounce the last part. Real Italian guy uh, there. But anyway, so essentially it was performed by the Royal Theater, where his mother often played in lead roles. Um, bah, 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 bah. In Venice, Casanova resumed his escapades, picking up many enemies and gaining the greater attention of the Venetian Inquisitors. His police record became a lengthening list of reported blasphemies, seductions, fights, and public controversy. That sounds like him. You a get arrested spy. for seducing? Well, at the time, there was a lot of religious stuff. I um, so essentially, literally, a spy was employed to draw Casanova's knowledge of Kabbalism and Freemasonry and to examine his library of forbidden books. Another Freemason. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. So the senator, his patron, in total seriousness time, being a former inquisitor himself, advised his son to leave immediately or face the stiffest consequence. But <laughs> on July 26, 1755, at age 30, Casanova was arrested for affront to religion and common decency. Sounds right. Um, so essentially... Uh, he was being a dick. This is where we get it. You yeah, think he'd, you think he'd be well versed in clerical law at this point? Yeah. Well, he, but it's not. Yeah, I, I, you'd think. Uh, but he was arrested, um, and he was arrested for having cognizance of the grave faults, uh, or I'm sorry, the tribunal having taken cognizance. Basically, they knew of all his crimes um, against holy religion. Their excellencies have caused him to be arrested, imprisoned under the under the Leeds, which I guess the Leeds is like a prison in. I've heard um, of yeah, I never had. The seven cells on the top floor of the East Wing of the DOGE, Doge Palace. <laughs> wow, much palace, such prisons. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so it was reserved for prisoners of higher status as well as certain types of offenders, such as political prisoners uh, or liberty priest monks. Uh, a bunch of people using this prison. So, so much wow. in, Yeah. <laughs> so much jail. Wow. Um, he was placed in solitary confinement with closing, a pallet bed, table, and armchair, in the worst of all cells, he said, where he suffered greatly from the darkness, summer heat, and millions of fleas, but no plague. He was soon housed with a series of cellmates, and after five months, and a personal appeal from Count Bragadin, which was his uh, person, uh, he was given warm winter bedding and a monthly stipend for books and better food. During exercise walks, he was granted in the prison garret yard. He found a piece of black marble and an iron bar, which he smuggled back to his cell, and he hid the bar inside his armchair. He was temporarily without cellmates. He spent two weeks sharpening the bar into a spike on the stone. Then he began to gouge through the wooden floor underneath his bed, knowing that the cell was directly above the Inquisitor's chamber. Uh-oh. Just three days before his intended escape during a festival, when no officials would be in the chamber below, Casanova was moved to a larger, lighter cell with a view. 
despite his protest that he was perfectly happy where he was. So they were trying to be cool to him and they put him in a better, a different cell. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in his new cell, he said, I sat in an, this is what he wrote. I sat in my armchair like a man in a stupor, motionless as a statue. I saw that I had wasted all the efforts I had made and could not repent of them. I felt that I had nothing to hope for. And the only relief left to me was not think of the future. However, he did eventually set on another escape plan. Um, he got the help of another prisoner in an adjacent cell, Father Balbi, <laughs> a renegade priest. <laughs> Fucking cool. This podcast is Italian words make Justin laugh. <laughs> that last name. A renegade Father priest. Balbi, a renegade priest. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Is uh, like an eye patch? I don't... And like... Yeah. <laughs> tries a motorcycle. He's got tattoos all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's the coolest. Yeah. Call me Balbi, Father Balbi. Well, couldn't he have a tougher last name? Rolls all of his own cigarettes. God damn it. So he got, so he got a, the spike was carried to a new cell inside the armchair and passed to the priest in a folio Bible, carried under a heaping plate of pasta. Come on, no. You added that. I did not. It was carried under a heaping plate of pasta by a hoodwinked jailer. <laughs> the most Italian escape I've ever heard in my life. Hey, he hit it under a bowl of peppers and sausage, you know? It was a saw-shaped bowl of pasta. <laughs> Inside dynamite. The um, pasta redemption. So the priest made a hole in his ceiling, climbed across and made a hole in the ceiling of Casanova's cell. To neutralize his new cellmate, who was a spy, Casanova played on his superstitions and terrorized him into silence. So apparently he had a spy in his cell with him. When Balbi broke through to Casanova's cell, Casanova lifted himself through the ceiling, leaving behind a note that quoted... Uh, the 17th of Psalms. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. This guy is a cocky little bastard. <laughs> this dude's the fucking coolest. No wonder the ladies are all about him. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, like, do are, are we viewing him as a good guy? Like, how are you guys, how are you guys no, judging him? He, le- he leaves a note down there. Enjoy the garlic bread, you schmuck. <laughs> <He leaves laughs> <a note. laughs> the pasta was mediocre. <laughs> no, I, I think he's an asshole. No yeah, uh, I think he's a bad dude. I think it's tough to tell because at the time, like good and bad are two different. They don't mean the same like what they mean today. All right. Well, I don't want to spoil this for you, but he's in fucking prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's not a good, like, I think if you knew him, you probably wouldn't like him. Maybe that's the, mm, the barometer. Okay. So he's a douchebag right? like when, you, when you're friends with him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think if sometimes, but yeah, I'm sure he's right. He's constantly getting into trouble, getting you into trouble. I mean, he's impersonated yeah, that, like officer and stuff. I mean, he's done a bunch of illegal yeah. stuff. He's yeah. he's like done a lot of questionable things on top of that. And he's only been given advantages from people that have a lot of money. What's there to like about this guy? <laughs> so here's but the feel, actual. Oh, but, but I feel like you, you see him in one of his situations and he like turns to the camera and goes, I bet you're wondering how I got here. And then they like show his backstory. <laughs> You kind of sympathize with him a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just that the voiceover, it freezes. Yeah. <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Uh, okay. So the spy that was in the cell with Casanova, uh, he remained behind because he was kind of too afraid of uh, the consequences if he were oh, caught. Oh, he knew. So there, was, so there was, Casanova was in a room and there was a guy that was in jail for being a spy. Yeah. Oh, I thought the spy was like and then in or something. Na- in a neighboring cell, no, because they they intimidated him to be like, "Hey, asshole, don't say anything." But but do you want to come with us? And they're just like, "Nah." <laughs> they were gonna let him come out because then they'd be all in it together. But he didn't. Uh, uh, Justin, then... super intimidating, by the way. Hey, hey asshole. Hey, don't pal. You... Hey, buddy. <laughs> we're getting we're blowing this popsicle stand. Uh, so much intimidating. I present to you my intimidation <laughs> of Giacomo Casano. Hey. <laughs> 
we're getting the hell out of here. Every, everything else has been Italian this entire podcast, except for the fucking Italian guy. <laughs> hey, we're getting the hell out of here. Uh, I'm just going to do a Mario from the video game. Yeah, this, this is the one that should have had the escape where they were jumping up and down pipes between the walls, to be honest. <laughs> why, do, why do I picture this a mushroom? Why do I picture this guy wearing like a wife beater with like uh, chest hair sticking out of the top of it and like a gold chain? Yeah. It's like an obsession with his grandma's cooking. Chicomo. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, 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 the police found him pretty easily. He was at his grandmother's house eating meatballs, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> Those stain, armpit stains. All right. So uh, essentially they uh... – Hey, Ma! Hey, Ma! Ah. <laughs> what did you do this time? <laughs> Cops are here again. Uh, so yeah, so Casanova and Father Balbi pried their way through the lead plates uh, and onto the sloping roof of the palace uh, with a heavy fog swirling. The drop to the nearby canal being too great, Casanova pried open the grate over a dormer window and broke the window to gain entry. They found a long ladder on the roof and with additional use of bedsheet rope that Casanova had prepared, lowered themselves into the room whose floor was 25 feet below. They rested until morning inside the palace, <laughs> changed clothes, and then broke a small lock on an exit door and passed into a palace corridor through the galleries and chambers downstairs, whereby convincing the guard they had inadvertently been locked into the palace after an official function, they left through a final door. It was six in the morning and they escaped by gondola. <laughs> I think our... our... <laughs> it, 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 it's Venice, man. I, mean, what, what do you I know, want? but they're like, let's get out of here. Long stick. <laughs> And the guy's singing, like, romantic. Like, no, no, no. Shh. When the moon hits your eye like a big piece. Right? And that's. Uh, of course, it's that song. Yeah. yeah. In the 1700s. Yeah. They love that song. <laughs> <laughs> they love that song. We got to get. Yeah, it was real hot. Uh, uh. It was on the top nine at nine. Uh, so then. <laughs> yeah. So then. Uh, Eventually, Casanova reached Paris, and he arrived on the same day that um, Robert Francois Damiens made an attempt on the life of Louis the Fifteenth. Mm. So apparently, Casanova would later witness and describe that guy's execution. Is that uh, the start of like the French Revolution or something? There, or what's the? It's not the. It's not the king dying. It's the person that tried to kill him. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, because that happened around that time. If I'm, yeah. if, I, if I know my history, but yeah, nothing yeah. like a, uh, So here's like what he wrote about uh, where like you escape from prison and you watch something a huge public event and then you write, take a journal about you being at that event. So if they ever find that <laughs> journal, you're like yeah. super fucked. Here's no way escape from I took a nap afterwards and then I took a ladder down. Like, I don't think that, like, I, I, I kind of wonder is, like, you know, they'd like extradite people now, but, like, does that, would that happen in the 17, I, I 1787? Know. I would hope so. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Or did you just, like, get out of local law and then they're just like, well, everything's yeah, different. Now. Just like, yeah, oh, that's that's not me. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, <laughs> 30 years later, this is what he wrote. Um, Thus did God provide me with what I needed for an escape, which was to be a wonder, if not a miracle. I admit that I am proud of it, but my pride does not come from having my having succeeded, for luck had a good deal to do with that. It comes from my having concluded that the thing could be done and having the courage to undertake it. So, like, yeah. he doesn't... I, I like that he admitted that some of it is luck, because I hate when people are, like, lucky in life, and, like, they're like, oh, well, I gotta give it up to God, you know, I gotta give it up to, you know, so it's my, I worked hard at this. And like, he started oh. this with, God provided me with what I needed for an escape. Ah! So I <laughs> Sorry. He did exactly what God you said. God provided me a ladder. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a rope and a some metal spike. So <laughs> then he, he returned. So basically, that was his big escape. He returned to Paris. Do you want me to finish off his life? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> If you want, buck, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, <laughs> okay. Um, 
so he basically uh, he reconnected with his old uh, friend uh, Bernarda de Bernardus or whatever the bishop. <laughs> Say Bernardus. Yeah. His fucking name, dude. What do you want from me? But now this guy was that guy was the foreign minister of France. Uh, so was advised by his patron to find a means of raising funds for the state as a way to gain instant favor. So Casanova promptly became one of the trustees of the first state lottery, and uh, it's one of his best. One of its best ticket salesmen. The enterprise earned him a large fortune quickly. With money in hand, he traveled in high circles and undertook new seduction. He duped many socialites with his occultism, particularly the Marquise Jean Dwarfe. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, using his excellent memory, which made him appear to have a sorcerer's power of numerology. In Casanova's view, deceiving a fool is an exploit worthy of an intelligent man. This guy's super cool. <laughs> You know, applause for Justin for at least attempting to pronounce all of those words in that story. So, you know. Wait, did he yeah, just, did he just pat himself on the back for saying, to, for deceiving? Yes. Yeah, it's that's the whole, that's basically the, the, the gift that an intelligent man has is to take Swindle advantage of people. stupid people. And he realized that yeah. after years and years of gambling and sucking ass at it, that he might as well just make a lottery and make other people gamble, and then he takes all the profit. Yeah, right. You can't yes. fault him for, Genius. for wising up. Well... Yeah, but I mean, he was also duped. I think the point of the person he was duping was duping like, uh, I don't know what a marquee, marquee yeah. is. I don't know what that position is, but it's, it's some sort of noble. Um, so then he also claimed later to be a Rosicurian and an alchemist. A Rosicrucian. Thank you, Rosicrucian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, do you know what that is? Because I didn't know about yeah, that much. Sure. Yeah, that's a secret society of some sort. I think they're the ones that think that, uh, I think it has something to do with the Da Vinci. Yeah, I can code. tell you about uh, it's a spiritual and cultural movement which arose in Europe in the 17th century, uh, which is a bunch of texts. Essentially, uh, it was about a, an esoteric order to the world and made seeking its knowledge attractive to many. So essentially, they, it was a secret society. You're right. Um, but he made he made really good. Uh, the, basically, being an alchemist and a, so how does he say that word again? A Rosicrucian. Rosicrucian. Yeah, mm. that made it popular with some of the most prominent figures of the era. Um, Madame de Pompadour, Count de Saint Germain. That's her name. Dude, what do you want from me? All these words no. come from somewhere. No, it's just a funny. It's very. It's a very like stereotypical Madame, Madame de Pompadour. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So essentially, he was popular. So popular was alchemy among the nobles, particularly the search for the um, philosopher's stone, that Casanova was highly sought after for his supposed knowledge, and he profited handsomely. So he like fucked around for most of his life, and like was the most successful person I've ever read about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All of his life. Like Donald Trump. All he does is just fuck around and then he gets out of stuff. I mean, he's he's like that he's like that kid in high school that once again that was like everyone says he's smart but doesn't do his homework, and then he just still gets out of it anyway. And he passes the test and he passes the class and people love him, and you're like, God damn it, no. <laughs> like you didn't put the work in, you didn't do the thing properly. I hate you. You don't deserve any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, I love him. So Yeah, I love him because that was me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to study that. Um, so, right. So the seven years war began. Casanova was called again to help gain money uh, for the state. And he was selling state bonds in Amsterdam. He succeeded in selling the bonds at only an 8% discount. And the following year was rich enough to found a silk manufacturer with his earnings. Um, but he uh, reached out to uh, reached his peak fortune, but could not sustain it. He ran the business poorly, borrowed heavily trying to save it and spent much of his wealth on constant, uh, liaisons with his female workers who were his harem so basically blew all his money trying to save his business and fucking people women's yeah yeah cool. um but then his <laughs> for the debt he was imprisoned again <laughs> um, 
but was liberated after four days upon the insistence of Marquise Duerfe. Nailed it. <laughs> Unfortunately, though he was released, his patron de Bernis was demissed by Louis XV at that time. Casanova's enemies closed in on him, so he sold the rest of his belongings, secured another mission to Holland to distance himself from his trouble. So he's on the run. And then I don't think I want to continue. I hope that's okay. He lives forever. <laughs> all the interesting, all the interesting stuffs kind of happen. Mm-hmm. So he basically, uh, so so how does this? Um, the theme is escapes. Um, is, is it him escaping his escaping? Yeah, the big possibilities or kind of everything. He keeps getting out of stuff. He does keep getting out of stuff. Um, and so he died. Uh, or I'm sorry, he escaped the prison, which was like a, literally a great escape mm-hmm. by like basically breaking back into the prison. <laughs> dressing in someone else's clothes and then pretending to be like whoops i wasn't supposed to be mm-hmm. here and out he went <laughs> yeah smart um <clears throat> and then um yeah he arrived in paris he met benjamin franklin god damn it okay every yeah. person has met benjamin franklin that's yeah. true he was attending a presentation on aeronautics and the future of balloon transport <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so he lived in uh, bohemia which I don't, is that a city or just like a region? I, I don't really a know. region. I thought so. It's a section of Paris or something I thought. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's now in the Czech Republic apparently. Oh, is it? Uh, the gypsies. You take him to Casanova. There's a guy um, named the, um, the count, <laughs> uh, count Joseph Carl von Waldstein. Um, he was the, uh, doesn't matter. He basically took to Casanova and they had met a year earlier and they, he offered him a job and good pay. Casanova describes his last year's as boring and frustrating. He basically was a librarian. Oh, so, but he had time to like write his memoirs or whatever. Um, but yeah, he just, he was like noted for sleeping around, sleeping with a lot of women that were already involved with other people, sleeping with women. And then, you know, just not because at the time, I mean, even now it's kind of not really looked high upon, but uh, I guess you were supposed to get with women and then marry them, make them, you yeah. know, I mean, that was like the thing, right? You owned land and they married you and, but it, right? but it just, was more like social i mean i don't know if it's more socially acceptable but like it it wasn't like looked down upon as much as as it is nowadays i would think because like i would say the term womanizer is for from my perspective is a pretty negative um but some people are just like yeah i'm a womanizer like or like i'm a ladies man or something yeah it's it's kind of ambiguous at least when i look at it i mean because i mean i don't know i mean it depends it depends if you're the woman or if you're the guy you know what i mean if you're the guy Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. you know i'm just conquering if you're the woman it's like oh crap i got duped again you know by a woman but, oh yeah because you're getting conquered yeah, which is like not a yeah. good feeling mm-hmm. right and i think that's why i think that was his like mo was that's what he was doing right so i didn't i'm honestly the most exciting thing about this was i didn't realize casanova was a real person yeah. like the yeah. term i didn't know I did from that. Actually, yeah so like that's interesting yeah. and that he was it makes sense that that is named from mm-hmm. that um, but his escape was interesting enough, but I, like his life, like he just did everything. And he was just this chameleon that, that blended in and kind of like kept it kind of, he was kind of a genius con man. Like that was his whole like thing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, yeah. I like that idea of like con men in general and like how, or women, but how they, people get away with just con person. Yeah. Just like outsmarting the systems of things. And I think people root for people like that. So I think in that way, yeah. I think in that way, it's 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 a coolly it's a cool and commendable kind of thing to be like, oh yeah, I did sneak it out of jail, which is like it's a feat to do that, right? Or I think he earned the ter- the title of adventurer. That's yeah. my point. Is he like, his life <laughs> yeah. was an adventure? So, like, we question. I was questioning it, but I, I see it now. Adventurer is probably the most yeah. 
either adventurer or a librarian. Those are definitely the two that I would pull <laughs> him on. Like, who are your first top five? Like, like, who are your top five adventurer? Um, real ones, and we can go fake ones too. Okay, just, well, just so we have um, some context. Well, you're gonna say Indiana Jones, yeah. though, right? Yep, that's the first one that comes to mind. Indiana yeah. Jones, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's kind of the the thing is he's he was in a, he literally went on an adventure well, like, at Frodo. We're going on an adventure. Well, who's like a, who's a real a real person adventure? I mean, they're, like I don't know enough. They're about probably just like all those people that. that like travel the the globe and do food stuff or like climb. Well, like Amelia Earhart, she was an adventurer, right? Because she was adventurous. Yeah, that's when like is it is is Napoleon an adventurer? I don't know enough about Napoleon. So I don't Elon know. Musk. He just went around and conquered conquered a shitload of Europe. He's a conqueror. I guess you could be both. Yeah, I like think an adventurer is generally they're off doing it on their own. Is that kind I of the gist? That, that's true. Yeah, okay. All and right. They're also out there like discovering something new, and like since we kind of for the most part, unless you're going to the bottom of the ocean, you kind of done that already now with all the land. Then you just go to the different planets. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. If I just, I mean, you know, let's say my life went differently and I was just out going around like Southeast Asia and in Europe and and traveling around and like living in these places yeah. and doing all these random things and have jobs here doing this and that like you guys could consider me an adventure right like somebody that did that you'd be like you're going I mean, on an I adventure. consider you somebody yeah. who travels a lot but if you wanted the title adventure i guess i'd give it to you <laughs> <laughs> fuck him up adam no but <laughs> like uh, what do i have to but do yeah but... adventure please tell me <laughs> just tell me i just help me finish this puzzle like was anthony bourdain an adventurer that's right i would, say so, I would sure. say so yeah okay okay yeah Travel the world, ate random What foods. about Guy Fieri? Yeah. No, no, no. What? Did you read the thing about how Guy Fieri? the thing about how Guy Fieri gets like a really bad rap? Yes, I saw that. that there's a comedian that does a whole bit about it too. Yeah. Oh, that's what I saw. Yeah, and basically yeah. he like helps yeah. a bunch of people, and he's like super yeah. cool, and he just wears. He's got spiked hair and wears stupid he's just glasses. Got bad style. Yeah. I think he's great. I think he's an adventurer. He's an adventurer in my eyes. <laughs> I used to really be down, like down on him, but I think coming around, I actually yeah, kind of think probably, like, he's probably cool. Like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily like hang out with him really, but or like eat his food every day because you know he'd probably develop a severe diabetes yeah. or something after you know yep, yep. a year. Yeah, huh. I don't know. So escapes. So escapes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John, I liked your topic. I. um BuzzFeed always gives us the best stuff. You son of a bitch. Um, we can't escape that. Can you talk a little bit? Of, yeah. <laughs> you know. Can you talk a little bit about what you thought you were getting into and what you ended up with? Well, I mean, I, I think I took the word escapes when we said we were going to do escapes. I took it a little too literally. I like what Adam did with it, actually. We just found somebody who's actually just an escapist, an yeah, escapeologist, an escape scientist of sorts. Um, so I, I like I like the idea of escape as being um, something where, uh, well, I, I just like I, I like the, the human will factor of it. I just like where, sure. you know, these guys that are supposedly bad guys, you know, for being bank robbers and stuff, you know, and they're just like, I can't, try, you yeah, know, yeah. they're in a very, very like they're in a situation where it's just like it's like impossible to escape on an island in the middle of a frigid bay on. Yeah. Trying to break out of a of a of a, uh, of a of a prison, yeah, yeah, I guess. But they were risking death. I mean, they could have lived out the rest of their days in a prison, right? They could have. I mean, I think. But what kind of a life is that? You know. Yeah, they, they, I, I yeah. guess like the. What would you do if you were in that scenario? Yeah, I don't think I have the gumption to try to escape, but I'd like to think that I would have the. I don't know something. I, maybe I don't know. maybe like eventually you get to the point where you're just like, listen, I'm either going to rot in here for the for forever, and I hate it. And I have to do something mm -hmm. about it. And then there's that snapping moment where all of a sudden, like, we need to do something about it. And we start establishing the plan. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, every, I think people like the planning of that kind of stuff and the complexity that goes into it. And then <clears throat> having all those stars align perfectly that you can actually escape out of it. Because it's not like, 
it's not like there's a prison, there's prison walls and then you just pop through the wall and then you're outside and you're free. It's like there's a lot of steps to do along the way. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah. <laughs> These walls were paper the whole time? <laughs> like lean on the wall. Whoa, yeah. Fall through. A U-shaped hole like your body perfectly like a cartoon. Spray painted on. Yeah, it's it's like it's like simple. It's like all these things have to align, so you have to have the will to get through that all and like. Do you ever see those things where people open their glass doors and their dog stands there and waits for them to <laughs> fake open it? Like the dog doesn't know yeah, it's yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never seen these videos where a dog will like there used to be a sliding glass door there or a screen door there. Yeah. And so the dog comes and waits where the door used to be. Oh, but the, the, it's open. They can walk right in yeah, if they, they wanted to. Yeah. Like people will walk through and the dog doesn't. And so then until you like mime opening the door, <laughs> the dog's like, okay, and then I come in. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a, that's kind of a poignant thing there, actually. Sometimes you, you know, the illusion of, of a barrier in life is like, is there for you, but it's not, there really is no barrier. You just need somebody to show you, you know, fake mime the door opening. You know what I mean? Or to test it yourself. Is it? There's some poignancy there, I yeah, guess. I like that. I learn a lot from those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Never thought I'd say that, but yeah. Um, Adam, you talked about a really interesting topic. Yeah, I think my um, I really liked hearing your, the update that you brought to the Alcatraz escape because I've 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 I heard about it in the tour and I've seen things about it and I didn't know that that had happened. Actually, that yeah. if that story had come out, I went there after that. I went there in May. Yeah. Um, and it was uh. Yeah, I did. I did not expect that. So that's really fascinating. Adam, I like yours because it, uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything about Houdini other than like, I know the gist about Houdini was an escape artist. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting to hear that he was like so successful. I thought I actually thought he was American. I didn't realize he mm -hmm. wasn't. Yeah, I think I, I think I did, too. I, I don't know. I mean, Houdini is not an American name. But... No, but Harry. I'm, neither is Eric Weiss. Harry handcuffed True. though. That is as American as it comes. The old, the old Harry handcuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just a random gypsy with the same birthday as me. Do not put your you hand in that. Harry <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, and I feel like, uh, yeah, Casanova, interesting enough, uh, lived a very full life. Makes my life, by comparison, seem kind of boring. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, maybe that's just a sign of the times. Maybe. Yeah. Shit, those can... bank th those bank robbers had a more interesting life than I did. F fucking hell, you know. Don't say that. You work at a bank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're recording. <laughs> yeah, shit, we're gonna send this out to the public. Yeah, damn. Yeah. You're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah that's true uh, i yeah. think it's it's interesting though like because uh, there were there were those renaissance men and renaissance people back then that was mostly men though to be honest but <laughs> nice they uh they they did go around and just like do crazy things all the time and they got they either had money from uh their family or they uh got paid to do random stuff or they just got away with gambling like it was a very volatile time though right like i, I don't know i even if you could do something like that nowadays which maybe you can if you're like intelligent enough to make money while you're traveling and adventuring most people probably could most people probably couldn't you have to be really smart to be able to do that but i wouldn't i don't know if i have uh this like it would be too stressful for me i think and the, the security yeah. of, of day in day out having to find work and having to find a way to keep going would be too taxing on me because i like the repetition and i like the, the security yes. you know what i mean but, yeah i don't like having to be on like the what is it called the um hustle all the time right like I like, I like, right. I like the stability of a regular job. Yeah. Uh, mostly because I'm lazy. I like to figure out a pattern and kind of stick with it. So maybe that's my story. Of yeah. Me. Like I, <laughs> I think it would just be too stressful to do that all the time. Yeah. You have an adventurous life, but like, was he really happy doing what he was doing? I don't know. Great question. I have to say. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add, John? 
Oh, I'm good. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, we're all, we're all in our own prisons, you know, and we all just need to escape sometimes. And that's what this yeah. podcast is, you know, in the prison you built for yourself, you know, just escape to the research and destroy podcast. Yeah, and get don't a few wait for somebody to open the door. It's already open for you. <laughs> you know what? The door to the research and destroy podcast is open for you at all times. I love it. Justin. Beautiful. Poetic. John. You couldn't have said yes, anything better besides the part about the prisons yeah. and you're making yourself in your own prison <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But besides that, I think it's and, great. And the thing about the door. And, the greatest, um, that's the greatest Creed album and you know it. So My own prison. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, all right. So you can find us. You, if you have if you something we said was wrong, <laughs> you can oh, message us on, on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash research and destroy podcast, or you can email us show at research and destroy podcast. So if we said something wrong, which I know John did. Um, <laughs> if you are Italian and want to correct Justin on everything he said in this show, please forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> please send those messages to us via letters uh, under a plate of spicy meatballs and pasta. <laughs> If you have if you have feedback on my Italian pronunciation, then forgetti, <laughs> forgetti spaghetti, forgetti spaghetti. Oh, I can't right, believe uh, it. All right. all right, so you can get all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can find our website at researchanddestroypodcast.com. And if you like this episode, please tell everyone you know about it like it's the best thing you ever saw and go rate us five stars on any of those places you get them. Thanks. Bye. Five stars. Good. I think it's Cinco. <laughs> Goodbye. Anyways, for real. Bye. It's your story now. You, you, you decide what is right.